Welcome to It's All Connected, a Marvel Studios podcast brought to you by MCUExchange.com. It's all connected. Everything. back a little late but this is episode 85 of it's all connected this is russ and i have matthew here with me welcome back hey a little bit of work travel this week so as we mentioned last week this episode is a little late uh, but here nonetheless uh, so we got a lot to cover we're gonna start off with some news then we're gonna talk about the season finale of agent carter and we're finally going to get to knocking off our last bit of coverage on jessica jones those final few episodes just to, to kind of put a cap around that series just in time for us to have a little bit of a breather uh, to before we get into Daredevil. So yeah, lots going on. Um, so since we're starting, since we have a lot of TV stuff going on, uh, we did get a new Daredevil trailer the, the, that we talked about last week. This one was focused on Elektra. Yeah. And uh, also surprisingly, at least to me, The Hand as yes. well. Yeah, officially I, named. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean it's it's sort of amazing because during season one there was just they sort of danced around a lot of stuff and it was like ooh I think they're teasing things and I, I just was really surprised that in the second trailer they flat out were like oh yeah it's it's the hand that's who it was that we were talking about they're definitely going to be the villain in this season. <laughs> Got a lot of uh, it, of course Stick is back because he's the one that even mentioned it being the hand. Right. Uh, and then there's been a lot of talk about, are we possibly going to get Shadowland? You know, there, there's that one right. scene where they, they're they kind of looking over this. It looks like a huge crater, uh, but it looks, it, it's like very square. Like it's it's not like a, a mm-hmm. it, don't, it doesn't look natural. Right. And there was, I mean, if we think back to season one, Nobu and his men, it was actually in the first episode, they like lay out a blueprint. Yes. Um, yes. You know, of this one sort of block. And that was like a point throughout the season. They wanted this one section of town, very specific. And obviously they're the hand, like he was part of the hand. Um, and I mean, I think we can uh, safely say that, you know, Nobu is coming back given that little, uh, you know, there's a character who like, has the same weapon as him and he pulls off his mask. And uh, we actually had someone at MCU exchange who was on set and we can pretty much confirm that Nobu is, you know, survived and we'll be back. And I think he's, you know, maybe not the head of the hand, but somewhere high up in the hand. And he was looking over those blueprints, this crater. Yeah. I think it's like, uh, all signs are definitely pointing towards Shadowland. If not, this season then maybe the seeds being planted for next season yeah which is is funny because conceptually shadowland was kind of a neat thing but execution wise it was really poor <laughs> um that it, it's funny at the time uh johnny m and i and and jim Dietz were doing kind of like a daredevil focus podcast and we always joke that uh Shadowland kind of killed the podcast because we kind of got to, to that point and it was just so hard to say anything positive about what was going on. Uh, it, it just it was kind of like a low period for Daredevil after 
after the highs that came really from when Kevin Smith started it, you know, it, it, you know, went to Kevin Smith then Bendis, uh, and, and then just kept going on. And, uh, and then it just, like I said, it just kind of, kind of, kind of petered out, but, uh, in the context of the show, hopefully they'll do it more justice. Yeah. I think it's one of those events because I didn't really, uh, wasn't really reading daredevil at the time. Um, so it's something that I, in diving into the series afterwards, um, you know, like I've heard a lot about Shadowland and I've definitely heard it about its reception, but it's, it seems like it, it had a very strong presence, you know, in the universe. Oh yeah. So yeah. I'm, I think it's maybe sort of a case like that, um, where they think it's an interesting enough jumping off point and it has such ramifications for the character that, yeah, maybe it's sort of like their do over. Like this is our chance to like do it better sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it, one of the things we haven't heard a lot about with daredevil season two, that was super prominent with season one is Vincent D'Onofrio's Wilson Fisk, AKA the Kingpin. Mm-hmm. And it's been pretty quiet uh, for season two. Like we haven't seen any, you know, behind the scenes footage. We haven't seen any, you know, anybody scooping, you know, the filming or anything like that. We haven't seen any images really. And, and even in the two trailers, we haven't caught, I mean, unless they, they did something quick and I missed it. There's been no Wilson so, no. Fisk in the trailers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they, I, I definitely think it hasn't been, I think this is pretty low key. And um, one of our, one of our people actually like a, a new writer, we got at MCU exchange. She was actually on set and got, you know, some photos of D'Onofrio on set. Um, so I, you know, it's sort of like an MCU exclusive that, uh, it looks like in some capacity he's going to be back, which I, I don't think is surprising. It's just a little weird that he, he has been absent from all the promotional material. Like they're keeping yeah. that a secret for some reason, but it's just like, he was such a large presence and obviously he's a huge, you know, criminal kingpin. So the idea that he's in jail is, you know, clearly not going to stop him from having a presence in the world. So I, I don't know why they're being so secretive about it because yeah. like, of course he, of course he's coming back, you know? Yeah. The only thing I can figure is maybe it's a can it's maybe cameo is an over overstatement, but his role is greatly diminished and maybe they just didn't yeah. want to make people think he had a bigger role than he did. Right. I, I, I think that's probably the case. I, I definitely think, you know, there was a lot of speculation when the other season ended, when the first season ended, like how would they bring him back? Would he not come back till season three? Would we just be seeing him in jail a lot or something? So yeah, I think given the fact that we know the hand's going to be in it, we know Electra, Punisher, Sticks coming back, Nobu. I mean, there's like a lot, that's a lot going on. That's a lot of new characters, a lot of returning characters. So I think it sort of makes sense that, that maybe Fisk, he's in jail. He'll be plotting from the sidelines, of course. And, you know, maybe they'll reference that, show him in like a scene or two, maybe plotting with some of the players involved. But, you know, it would probably be season three when we see him like really come back onto the show because yeah. they're, they're not going to get, you know, they're not going to get rid of that character or that actor. Of course. No, no, no. You know, unless maybe that's, it's a setup for the defenders. Maybe he's the big bad for the defenders yeah. for them to come yeah. back to. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely possible for sure. But yeah, I think you're right. I think it'll, it'll be a smaller role and, and yeah, they, they probably just want to put so much focus on like all the new stuff that's going on. Yeah. But, 
yeah, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, that, uh, for sure. I mean, I was like Punisher, Electra. Okay, that'll be that'll be the bulk of it. And now it's like, oh, the hand. I mean, that's a pretty big thing to drop as well. So, yeah, it's going to be chaos in the streets of Hell's Kitchen. Uh, I was surprised to see it this early. I really thought this would come closer to May, um, but ABC unleashed a slate of renewals for the next season. And uh, it's confirmed that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did get a season four renewal. So we will most certainly see a season four, which doesn't surprise me. I mean, the ratings are decent, uh, especially given its competition. Its live plus sevens are always very, very strong. It does better even than shows like Once Upon a Time, which, again, I kind of look at things on a comparative cost basis. And I would imagine Once Upon a Time is probably similar in cost, if not maybe even a little higher just because of the set pieces and stuff. Yeah, and there's a lot of special effects on that yeah. show, too. And and given how long, I mean, that show will be, I think, the renewals for season six. So, uh, you know, given given that that show right. doesn't do as well and has been around for just as long, I, I felt pretty strong that we would get a renewal for uh, for season four. Yeah, I think ABC always wants to have something Marvel-related going. And obviously, they've got a few new things coming up, but they have only have, they only have two sort of tried and tested shows. And, you know, if you're choosing which one is the sort of stronger performer, you know, Agent Carter, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like, it's a, it's a safe bet that we're going to keep seeing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. unless Marvel and ABC come out with a new show that just, like, is a huge smash hit. And But even then, that would probably just spill over into S.H.I.E.L.D. So I think it's... I, I feel like there was worry at one point, but I, f- I feel like it's pretty safe that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will be around for a while. Yeah, until I, I Until they decide to end it. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I think it's steady enough that, you know, it's good for them to keep it around. Yeah, absolutely. Which is great great for us, of course. Yeah. Uh, and then kind of on the heels of that, uh, we, I guess the bad news situation sort of, kind of, we didn't get an official Agent Carter Season 3 renewal. And given how Season 2 ended, uh, there's definitely, you know, if, if, if we never move forward with that, there'd definitely be some... Uh, some angst mm-hmm. there because because mm-hmm. there was some, yeah. some cliffhangery stuff which we'll talk about here in a minute. But uh, uh, but I guess I, I I was looking at MCU Exchange and I guess they're uh, quoting something from a site called was it Nerd Reactor that yeah I think so it's just it's some sort of small site that has like a questionable track record yeah I'll say that at the beginning <laughs> yeah but you know we sort of you know report about it anyway just because you never know sure. And so their kind of take is they're hearing kind of rumblings is what it amounts to that that Agent Carter may get a season three renewal or is looking likely that it will get a season three renewal. And it's funny because a lot of the reasoning they used in there is kind of the stuff we've talked about in the last few weeks about the fact Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's a midseason thing. It kind of keeps the Marvel, you know, Tuesday night TV slot open, you know, from beginning of season till, you know, to the end of May, you know, all those kind of things. Uh, one of the things that they they talked about is or would be a good idea is putting seasons one and two on netflix and and trying to yeah, kind of i mean yeah that i i'm just floored that they have not done that yet it's yeah. such a silly such a like bad move on their part because that's really where people get into those type of shows you know and that's yeah. where the buzz builds and it, i mean it was just it was a bad move for them to not do that ahead of season two and to not, I, I mean, their whole promotion of season two was a mess and it's, yeah, it it's really unfortunate. Strong. Yeah. So it's really just not fair on the show because it, it just feels like it was never really supported. Like they, 
sort of treat it like this throwaway, um, which is a shame. And yeah, I, I, again, the good news is we didn't hear about it being renewed, but we also didn't hear about it being canceled right. or not continued. So who knows? It could it could be that they're waiting for some of the final numbers to come in. I mean, it, it you know, it was Tuesday that it aired, so they could be waiting for plus sevens maybe and just sort of, I don't know, you know, maybe making those final decisions on, on how to move forward with it. Um, and as far as that rumor goes, who knows? Maybe that the person at that site knows somebody just happens to be friends with somebody involved or they're just sort of saying the same thing where we are and just hoping that it sticks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I, Hey, I, I would love for that rumor to be true. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I totally agree. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, none of the on the bubble shows either got a for- formal cancellation or renewal. So that was, that was another reason they were kind of leaning towards, you know, keeping keeping faith alive, I guess, or keeping hope alive is right. is that you know it, it was the strong shows that were pretty much guaranteed a renewal that got announced, and and nothing really shocking around the bubble got, like I said, gotten announced as being canceled or renewed. Right. I, I think since they just had that changeover, they probably just wanted to be like, just get these announcements out now and be like, hey, there's not too big of a shakeup or, or right. something. Right. You know, like we changed yeah. hands, but like all these shows that most people love they're coming back so i i kind of feel like they just wanted to make sure everything was like steady so they just that's why they did so early because it was pretty pretty odd for him to announce all these shows this early yeah yep yep yeah we i we talked about this before but i think we're expecting this closer to may so the the fact that we got it in march uh is is good news Uh, yeah so uh iron fist casting so it it, it's looking you know finn jones looks to be the man um yeah, I, I mean, no official word from Marvel yet, right. but um, I mean, everybody's saying it, yeah. and that's kind of how these announcements go, is everybody says it, and a week later, Marvel announces it. And it's funny, it kind of, I, I don't want to head too much into controversy territory or whatever, but there was a lot of varied reaction to yeah, there the was. casting, <laughs> uh, and some of it was... You know, everybody was okay with it. Uh, there were a lot of there were some people that were fairly outspoken with the fact that they, you know, that Marvel, ABC, Netflix missed an opportunity to kind of enhance its diversity by by not ca- by casting a, a a white actor instead of either some or an Asian actor in that role. And uh, it it always is kind of interesting because to me, well, a few a few things. One. I think if Marvel hadn't been making strides for diversity like they have, if we hadn't seen characters like the Falcon in uh, Winter Soldier be so prominent and then have him show up in Ant-Man and the fact that the upcoming, you know, uh, Civil War, you know, is going to feature, you know, Black Panther, it's going to feature War Machine, it's going to feature Falcon, you know, we've got... Black Widow and Scarlet Witch, you know, in role. So they're, they're kind of, you know, it's, it's not just a bunch of white guys on the screen anymore, uh, which I think right. is, is, is a great move. The fact Definitely. that Black Panther is going to get his own movie, uh, with a, you know, again, set in his, or at least mostly set, I, I think the, the thinking is in his native country. We're getting, Def- yeah, definitely. We're getting Luke Cage with, uh, of, a, a, a heavily, a heavily, uh, you know, the cast is pretty much, the main cast is pretty much all African American, uh, mm-hmm. you know the 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 showrunners and the head writers. So there, there, I, I think there's there's a big enough push where I think 
staying true to the Iron Fist character, I think, in my opinion, is okay. Like, I, I mean, if I know there's people that feel strongly differently. I think there's nothing wrong with, with people that feel, you know, differently. But I think one of the things with Iron Fist that makes him an interesting character in this setting is he's an outsider. Uh, you know, he's, he's, right. you know, he comes into this Asian society, uh, and he's, he's the outsider. And I think if you, you know, if you cast somebody that's Asian, I think, I think it kind of diminishes the fact that, you know, this, this character is an outsider. And I think that, you know, that has, you know, again, plays up for conflict and, uh, and everything else and kind of pushes him to, to do better. So, uh, it it doesn't bother me at all. Like I, I really I really can't say this is a case of you know a missed opportunity in, in my personal opinion. Uh, yeah, I it's a weird thing because you know I when we were when everything was going around beforehand. I mean, this has sort of been a discussion for like a year or something about you know a lot of people championing the idea of an Asian American Iron Fist and what that would mean. And I mean, for me, hearing the casting, it doesn't bother me but i also wouldn't have been bothered the other way like it kind of just wouldn't bother me one way or another um just in the sense that a lot of the arguments i've heard is that you know even being american period would make him an outsider um and you know but then there's sort of the other side to the equation is i think the missed opportunity with everybody arguing for casting someone who's not white i think that's fair i think any of these roles almost any of them you know, there's rarely a white character whose race couldn't be changed without it affecting the character. Whereas the other thing, the other way around can't be said, you know, you can't have Black Panther be white. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like yeah. it's so tied to his character. Exactly. But, Absolutely. But for me, um, you know, changing a white character, if there's nothing explicit about his about his whiteness that defines the character and and Iron Fist is maybe the one sort of one on that line just because of the, the outsider status and all that. Um you know, a privileged white American, you know, that's pretty much an outsider from this like mystical society he enters into. But, you know, he could have, they could have cast anybody. They could have cast a black actor, a Latino actor, you know, I mean, yep. So the idea of that he has to be Asian American sort of diminishes the idea that they could have just cast someone who wasn't white. But that being said, I think in sort of complaining about this, especially because the source material is white. So, it's not as if they took an Asian character and made him white. You know what I mean? Right, right. So I think that has to be taken into account too. But it, it also diminishes the fact that Marvel has has taken a lot of characters that are traditionally white and cast uh, people of color in those roles. And they've taken a lot of, you know, crap from a lot of like, you know, racist groups and fanboys and stuff like that for making Heimdall, you know, played by a black actor um nick fury you know obviously in the ultimate version he's black but you know still they could have gone with the the traditional white version of nick fury they went with samuel L. jackson um ben urich who's tr- who's always been white in the comics they yep. cast a black actor yep um and then for you know a- again on the asian american side we have um chloe bennett cast as quake in agents of shield you know everybody seems to always forget about agents of shield and all these yeah. discussions yeah, yeah. of diversity because they actually shield does the best job i think at that i mean we've got a traditionally white character from the comics played by an asian american actor and then one of the other stars of the show is an asian actor 
in a role that they invented for the show. Um, so yeah, I just, it's like, I, I think it seems like a lot of people sort of jumped on board this and were just complaining about a discussion that was happening without examining like Marvel's track record as if they have never, you know, changed a character's race because they found like the perfect actor and the race didn't matter. So it's not like they've never done that. Like they're clearly willing to take an established white character from the comics and change their race if they feel that that actor is the right actor. Um, and so I think some of that should be brought into consideration. You know, it's not like they're constantly just like always casting white people for all the roles, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, but at the same time, like it doesn't bother me one way or another, but that was just sort of my thought is like, let's give Marvel like a little bit of credit at least yeah, for, yeah. you know, for, for doing that. Yeah. And then, you know, there's, I think another good thing that plays into this is the second piece of news that we have yes. related to Iron Fist. Yes. Which a lot of people are saying is a reaction to that. And I think that that's I don't wrong think so. too. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't again, think so. Marvel hasn't officially announced any of this yet. Right. Right. So, and I guess we should just, you know, say what that is, but <laughs> yeah. So it looks like we're looking for a Shang-Chi to star in, or at least appear in the Iron Fist show, uh, which Again, I think after that announcement, I started to see some of the dissent die down a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, here's a case where, again, you 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 have to cast an Asian actor as Shang Chi, right? Um, of course, you know, there's no. I don't think there's any two and, ways around this, right? Uh, and according to, and, and this should be said, like right now, this is this was like an exclusive, uh, you know, announcement between MCU Exchange and that hashtag show. Yes, absolutely. And that hashtag show was the one who broke the Iron Fist news. Right. So our sources and their sources both independently confirmed that Marvel's looking for Shang-Chi. They're, of course, only casting Asian actors. And if the character is received well, he may get his own Netflix show. So, I mean, and then, you know, again, some people are saying, oh, they're only doing this because, you know, there was so much controversy. But again, the fact that Marvel would take a rumored cast announcement hear controversy and then within a week decide to cast a popular, you know, Asian character from the Avengers, you know, all because of this controversy is just like, you know, clearly they didn't do that. Like, yeah, if Shang-Chi is going to be an Iron Fist, that's been part of the plan for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and it's funny. One of the things that we pointed towards a while back, and I remember specifically saying this is Marvel solicited uh, the first volume of the Shang-Chi omnibus and, right. and it's scheduled to, to hit shelves in June. I think it's in the current previews, but we heard about this, like, I don't know, a couple months ago or something like that. And I, I remember talking about it on the show at the time, like maybe there's something going on with, with Shang-Chi and uh, yeah, you know, so I think there's more proof in the, you know, in, in the ethers that this has kind of been a thought for a while now. Right. And and then it's another good opportunity because here you have an Asian, you know, character in this world. So it provides a really great contrast to Danny, who's a white character, like experiencing this sort of universe as an outsider. So, again, it sort of reinforces the idea that, like, he's a white character surrounded by Asian characters in the society. And so it's not as if the show, it, it, you know, it's not something like 
you know, the Avatar movie, the last Airbender movie, right. they cast a bunch of white people. I mean, this is, or, you know, anything, the Gods of Egypt movie that's about to come out and things like that. It's, I mean, the whole point of this character is that he's this white character in this world surrounded by these Asian characters and he is an outsider because of that status and because, and so I think it sort of just reinforces that and, and having a strong character like Shang-Chi who in the past few years has been like pulled up to the Avengers. And yeah, I mean, this is someone who's like, obviously his prominence in the Marvel universe has risen. And um, back when Marvel originally made the deal to become Marvel studios, they had sort of a slate of movies they were talking about. And Shang-Chi was one of them. Yeah. 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 So this is something that clearly Marvel studios, Kevin Feige, clearly they've been interested in Shang-Chi entering the Marvel universe for a long time. So it just makes sense that if they're doing a show like Iron Fist, like bring him on board. So I, I trust that Marvel knows what they're doing. Like clearly they, they know about these sort of discussions. I don't think they lightly chose who they chose. Um, and again, you know, obviously it's a lot more controversy, but you know, a lot of people had a problem with Charlie Cox being daredevil a lot of problem had, people had a problem with Kristen Ritter being Jessica Jones. And, you know, I sort of, I think at this point, we just have to trust that Marvel is always going to pick the best actor for the role. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And um, if they say that's Finn Jones, then, you know, I'm on board with that. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to judge the product until we actually see the show. If the show comes out and it's like super racist and, you know, <laughs> yeah. then, okay, then let's write our, our think pieces and all that. But I, I just think jumping on a rumored casting announcement, it's just, it's just too much. Like we have no information to base this on. So it's just like, I just think it's too early to make these sorts of, of grand proclamations about Marvel based on this, this one item of information. Yeah. And it's funny. One of the kind of the loudest industry outspoken uh, people on this has been Marjorie Liu, who, uh, yeah, actively writes for Marvel Comics, yep. uh, has her own series of young adult novels. Uh, we've actually inter interviewed Marjorie Liu uh, back in back in the day uh, when when she was writing X twenty three and and Dark Wolverine. Yeah, uh, which I love her running. She's delightful. I mean, she is a fantastic lady. Uh, and so it was it was a little uh, I, I was a little um, sad to see that she was coming out so harshly. Uh, against this but but again i mean you know people feel the way they feel and yeah and you know. i i don't think anybody's opinions are invalid no absolutely for sure um but i just i don't know again it's hard to say um obviously i i mean i'm not i'm also not a huge like iron fist person so at the same time like i don't have a lot of Maybe I don't have a lot invested in it one way or another, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm also not of Asian descent, so I can't possibly understand what it's like to not see myself represented in these types of movies because I constantly do. Right. Um, so it's, you know, I, again, I, I, I wouldn't invalidate anybody's opinion on it, but I, I just think it is what it is. And I, I just think that, yes, Marvel needs more diversity always, like, not just Marvel, like, a lot of genre stuff could use a lot more diversity, a lot of, you know, comic book movies and shows. And there, there could definitely be more than just representation of, you know, when it comes to like adding more non-white male characters, it could be more than just adding black characters. You know, I mean, there's, there's a whole lot of people who aren't represented 
in films and in comic book films and in all these sorts of things and in TV shows and all that. So, I mean, it's a real thing, but I just think like this one thing has become like a lightning rod for this bigger yeah. topic. Yeah. And I think we just need to examine like the whole topic. Like it's a real thing that needs to happen, but it's not as if Marvel hasn't made strides towards that. And they yeah, could make that, a lot more for yeah. sure. They could make a lot more. But... And that that's my kind of thing with this is if, if we haven't seen the movement, you know, by Marvel, at least, you know, I can't speak on the comic book side. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of outspokenness on the comic book side, but at least on the on the the movie side of things, the the TV side of things, the you know, it it seems like there is there is movement there. You know, I'm not I'm not saying right. it's it's where it needs to be, but but there is movement, um, right? And you know, then th- there's a lot of folks that are saying the flip side. It's like okay, so if you do take, um, you know, this this character that knows martial arts and you cast an Asian, aren't you? you know, kind of playing into stereotype. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of folks that have kind of said that too. It's like, okay, just cause yeah. it's, you know, there's martial arts, it has to be an Asian person, you know, that, that whole, right. that I, whole I, thing. I'd rather, if they're going to change a white character to an Asian character in order to better represent Asian characters, like I'd rather it be like, you know, Captain Marvel or somebody, you know, like sure, sure. J- just take someone else where it, it allows them to not fall into like this traditional role. Um, not that that's a reason to not do it, but at the same time, the whole show of Iron Fist, I think, clearly is is going to be populated with a lot of strong, prominent Asian and Asian American, you know, performers and characters. Yes. So, I mean, that's a you know, that's a fairly big deal on its own. And you know, it'd be great if Shield wasn't the only you know thing that had lead actors who are Asian. But you know, again, it doesn't. Iron Fist doesn't have to be that thing. There can be a lot of things that are that thing. So, and and again, we don't know. Maybe the show will address all that in some way that makes it very clear that they know what they're doing. I mean, Jessica Jones did a phenomenal job in addressing a lot of like social issues that we, I don't think any of us thought was going to be the case before it came yeah. out. So, yeah. I, you know, I think it's, I think we just got to wait and see what Marvel does with it, and and wait and see. Um, you know, what the story is and what the take is and what the other characters are about. And, and then we can see, you know, so. Absolutely. Um, So the last little bit of Iron Fist news that we have is it looks like Brett Chan has been named the stunt coordinator. Yeah. And he's from, um, I guess he's a stunt performer, um, but he's also was the stunt coordinator for Marco Polo. Okay. Yeah. And I watch, I haven't seen that show, but I watched like a reel of, it was sort yeah. of like a little breakdown of him doing some stunts and showing some of the stunts for the show. And I mean, it looked pretty amazing and I've seen a reel of some of his work and he's been on like flash and arrow and just a bunch of movies and TV shows, like as a stunt performer. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's always good to bring in like somebody who n- not only knows how to like choreograph stunts, but was a stunt performer themselves. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I, I, got through about half of marco polo i'll get back to it at some point but mm-hmm. uh, the when there was fighting it was it was pretty top notch i mean I yeah think, i think my complaint with that show is it's a little slow but uh, uh but when there is action it's it's very well done yeah so that'll be i mean obviously that's a key thing and that was to me when finn jones was cast like my main thing was more you know wow i i hope this guy you know starts training you know because like obviously i haven't seen him in anything else but as far as i know he's never been asked to do that sort of thing um but i think you know probably charlie cox it was the same case um 
so and you know obviously like he delivered so yeah i mean i hope he definitely you know i'm sure he will be up on his training but (laughs) yeah that's one of the things i'm interested in seeing is obviously this is going to be a show that probably even more than daredevil is defined by its fight scene so um yeah hopefully it'll be it'd be great if it was topping daredevil or they both had to compete back and forth to get the best fight scenes yeah 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 all right, so that's all we have on the TV side. So flipping over to the movie side of the news, uh, it looks like after last week we talked about Empire confirming that Gwyneth Paltrow was going to show up in Civil War for the reshoot. Yeah. Now we're getting word that she may not appear in Civil War after all. Yeah, which again is one of those – it was another one of those rumors that it was it, – it's kind of tough because it was a very small site saying that – and we don't know their source, whereas Empire is obviously a huge magazine that yeah. was on set – um, so now the sort of question is, did Empire mean that her character Pepper will have a presence in the film, but Gwyneth Paltrow won't be in it because her contract is up apparently. Um, and they couldn't afford to bring her back. Um, I don't know. I, again, we, I mean, we talked about it last week that we thought it, you know, would be great to have her in the film. So it'd certainly be a shame, you know, if they somehow just sort of reference her, but she didn't pop up and we never see Gwyneth Paltrow portray Pepper Potts again in the MCU just because of a contract stipulation or something that would that would be a shame but yeah I feel like at this point we have to take that with a grain of salt yeah absolutely um the next bit of news actually uh, had me chuckle a lot I, I I tweeted out something kind of snarky and funny but uh, there's rumor that Sly Stallone yeah. might be on the Guardian set. I guess there's pictures taken well, of yeah. him. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely on set. Yeah, there's yeah. There's definitely photos of him on the set, so whatever that means. <laughs> um, and then there was, like, a photo taken of him walking out of an Atlanta hotel with what looked like a script in his hand. Uh, so, yeah, whether that's true or not, who knows. I, I would think uh, Marvel, if he had a yeah, small I don't, role, I don't they probably so. wouldn't be giving him a full no script. No way, no way. Uh, but, but if he's on set, I mean, that, again, he could just be visiting. Who knows? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I really don't know what to think of that. Um, I mean, if it was just some cameo, I think that would be fine. I, I, I kind of find him distracting as a presence nowadays um, and, and sort of hard to understand in films. So I hope it's not a prominent role. <laughs> but, um, but that would definitely be a fun cameo. And I know some of the people at... Um, on MCU Exchange, we're talking about him maybe being Ego, the living planet. Oh, sure. Just doing VO or <laughs> yeah. cap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which, that to me, that would be perfect. That would be such a fun thing to have him be a giant, like, living planet head. Sure, sure. Talking. So, yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see on that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was, I, th- I think I tweeted out on the uh, on the, the podcast Twitter feed uh, that Tango and Cash were aliens all along. So, <laughs> Yeah, I, I I think it's, I mean, they seem to be really up on bringing in a lot of interesting people, especially for cameos. So, and I think pretty much everybody seems to love the first Guardian. So I, f- I feel like people are probably lining up to do cameos in the new one. Sure, which sure. Is, which is great. Uh, Tommy Flanagan has joined Guardians of the Galaxy and the the wisdom is that he's playing Yondu's right hand in this uh, iteration. Yeah, it, it looks like it's confirmed that he's going to be in it. Yeah. Um, and I, he's from Sons of Anarchy. I've never seen that. Yeah, he played but, Chibs um, in Sons of Anarchy. So he's... Right. Yeah. So I guess that's his big 
yeah. his big role. But it looks like it's confirmed that he'll definitely be in it. And then the rumor is that, yeah, he'll be a Ravager and he'll be Yondu's right hand. Um, which is interesting because it seemed like Kraglin, uh, Sean Gunn, the director's brother, was yeah. kind of his right hand. But mm-hmm. maybe he's getting like a... Again, I've never seen Sons of Anarchy, but just sort of looking at him, I would imagine he's sort of a tough He's a rough-looking dude, yeah. 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 So sort of reminds me of like Daryl from Walking Dead. Yeah. So yeah. I would imagine maybe he's just getting a little more of a hard, hard-line lieutenant in the new film. But uh, yeah, they're definitely... Uh, it seems like, you know, James Gunn was big on saying he was only going to add like two people to the cast, but I've, it seems like he's sort of sneaking a lot more into that. Yeah. Because we've already seen the casting announcement that, you know, there's at least like four new people being added plus now tommy flanagan maybe sylvester sloan i guess if that's a cameo maybe it doesn't count but you know still it's definitely an expanding uh, cast of characters yeah each time we hear about it but still nothing official still nothing official on right. who's on yeah, who we, each person's playing yeah it's funny we thought by now we would have probably gotten well, the official announcement and he, yeah and he said i mean it was a few weeks ago now but he said that you know he said next week we're going to hear about it and that was yeah. maybe two weeks ago that we should have heard about it and still still nothing so i don't know what i don't i don't know why they're sort of holding back on that seemed like they were sort of dropping a lot of guardian stuff for a while and then they just sort of stopped yeah so who knows maybe uh and the last bit of news that we have uh matthew this is another thing that you you kind of put on the docket is uh dr strange is filming at cern yeah um that was something uh jeremiah one of our writers it's another we've had a lot of these little like exclusives going on lately so hopefully they pan out um but yeah he he learned that um they're going to be filming at cern where the large hadron collider is so i i mean that's there's a lot of talk i think it was maybe a couple years ago when kevin feige was first talking about dr strange and talking a lot about quantum physics and you know there's the quantum realm and ant-man and it, it it definitely seems like their approach to magic, um, which I know a lot of people are sort of upset by, is that it's going to be science-based and like quantum mechanics and quantum physics-based. So, yeah, I mean, if yeah, if they're filming at the Large Hadron Collider, I mean, that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty big deal in terms of like quantum physics. So, it, it looks like we might see that that sort of play into things more. So, um, I'm I'm a fan of that. I'm fine with that. Yeah, me too. But uh. I, I don't need it to be mystical magic, you know, like I'm fine with it having some sort of like science based thing. I mean, there's a lot of trippy stuff in real science. So I think that's that's a pretty interesting angle for them to take. Again, just shows Marvel like constantly doing weird stuff with their films. I mean, here's a big lead character in their films who's like a surgeon who becomes a sorcerer and wears a cape and deals with quantum physics and magic i mean that's a <laughs> yeah that's a crazy log line for a movie and we've gotten some more onset photos i i i can't remember where i saw them i guess it was like a it was about a week ago and it shows them like in the full cape with yeah you know the the uh, with all you know with everything and it mm-hmm. looks it looks pretty good like i, I that that's a hard thing it to is. do I, I i did not see them adapting that as closely as they did yeah it is a complicated, colorful, weird costume. It almost looks like the way it fits him uh, is almost like Captain America's co- uh, costume in uh, The Avengers. Like it's kind of mm-hmm. tight fitting, a lot of like flaps that overlap each other. Um, 
right you know kind of look to it uh, you know it's again the dark blue the red cape but it's not the crazy i mean i'm sure they're going to cg the cape to do you oh, know definitely it's maybe not quite spawn stuff. level stuff but uh, no that would be i would not be upset about that though that was yeah but, one of my favorite things about spawn was how yeah. cool that cape looked yeah in the movie but, but it's yeah. not the crazy collar you know it looks pretty uh yeah just it, it's like they pulled it back just enough to not make it look completely ridiculous right but i mean it's it's there i mean yeah. you know it's yeah. it, it's sort of like um i mean they've kind of done this with a lot of their costumes i mean i'm always surprised you know some of them they change more radically but some of them you you see the way they look on film and you're like man they they did that about as realistic as you could you know yeah, yeah. I think um you know jumping over to DC too I think the Flash is like kind of a an example of that was a costume that in my head I was like they'll never in a million years be able to make that not look ridiculous on an actual person um and we'd seen you know we've seen live action versions of the costume before and I just always thought it looked silly and they pulled it off you know yeah, I mean they yeah. changed it for sure. Um, but it looks, you know, you would not mistake that for anything but the flash costume and, and it works. It doesn't look goofy. And again, with, you know, there's, I, I think there's tons of examples of that. I mean, Captain America's costume is a pretty good example. They've, they've managed to make that look pretty amazing in all yeah. the movies. And, you know, it can obviously look kind of hokey in the, in the comics, but Dr. Strange, I mean, that's, that's a challenge, you know, I mean, he's got a huge cape and a huge collar and flowing things and all sorts of primary colors and a giant medallion and a goatee. And yeah, I mean, that's a lot to, that's a lot for a person to pull off and it looks like they did it. And of course they always look better on film than these set photos. So exactly. Looks yeah. They're not this color time set photos. Yeah. yeah. I mean, cause I remember everybody was complaining about, I, f- I forget what it was. Oh, it was, um, uh, Apocalypse from the X Men Apocalypse when they kind of had that entertainment weekly yeah, cover or whatever. Yeah, looked bad. Yeah, it looked really bad. And then you see the trailer and it's like, oh, now it's color timed and it's you know, right, it's, right. Everything's adjusted and it's like, yeah, it looks actually pretty decent. You know, it's, yeah. When even even Black Panther when we first saw those yeah. set photos of him, I was like, oh no, this looks kind of crappy. But yeah. you know, then once you see the actual photos and the, I mean, yeah, there's just so much that goes into making these costumes work on screen. There's yeah. so much like CGI and once you see like the final product, it's like, okay, they obviously they're spending millions of dollars on this. They're going to make it look super good. (laughs) Yeah. And the stunt costume they're using, which is meant to be filmed at, you know, a couple hundred yards away with no details, a lot different than the one they use. Exactly. It's gotta be, the person's gotta be able to actually move in that. So, and they're just going to like put some CGI in there anyway. So yeah, I mean, again, if it, if it looks this good already, then I can't even imagine because you know, this is going to be a CGI heavy film. So, Who who knows? There's going to be all sorts of like glowing and flowing and everything. So yeah, yeah I, pretty exciting. I hope we get a trailer soon. I mean, we're two months away at, at this yeah, point, almost we... exactly two months away from Civil War. So I would expect yeah, I would expect right before I would expect it to be attached to Civil War, Definitely. and I would expect it to hit online probably you know a couple few days before that. So yeah, I mean, I've honestly, I honestly keep kind of forgetting that it's coming out this year just because we've seen so little like in my mind it's still like next may or something and then i have to go no it's it's november it's very very close so we really should be seeing something a a teaser even you know so or uh i guess we have sort of had an official photo of him not like a full head to toe but right right there was the magazine cover and stuff but yeah i it seems like they're gonna have to start rolling that out uh maybe maybe after daredevil Maybe they're just waiting for that. Yeah, yeah, it could be. So, 
Yeah. We'll see. But yeah, I think I think that's I think it's everything. We had a pretty action packed week and a half. Yeah, it's funny because we it, it was almost advantageous, I think, in a way that we delayed a little bit because the like the Stallone stuff came in late and uh, you know, yeah, the Agent we Carter season three stuff and then the, the Shang Chi and yeah, even even the Agents of Shield stuff. I think we would have missed the renewal. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So business travel paid off this week, folks. Yep, perfect. Every once in a while, I just need to uh, just take a few extra days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that's the news. Uh, so now let's get into some episode dissection. So we'll start. Uh, I thought we'd start with Agent Carter first. Uh, yeah, definitely. Season, season ten, uh, season two finale, episode ten, uh, Hollywood ending, and uh, it definitely felt like a forties, fifties movie ending kind yeah. of thing going on. You know, I where agree. I was just waiting for like the long, you know, like the swelling music to come in, and <laughs> right. uh, you know, and then like the curtain overlay, and then the the credits to roll, or the scripted, you know, the end to come across the. Yeah, that would have been great. Yeah, they could have stylized it up a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, that's all right. Uh, but uh, but this episode started out uh, pretty much exactly where we left off last episode, and it even backed up sixty seconds. Uh, yeah, to show while when Wilkes came in and unleashed the zero matter, what was going on with Peggy and Thompson and, and the rest of them. And, uh, you know, it just showed Peggy was ready to, to take out Thompson for not, yeah. not blowing everything up. And it was really, it was a really cool standoff between them. I mean, even Suso was like, what are you doing? Like, you can't shoot him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think and, and I they, don't blame her. Yeah. I don't blame her at this point. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I love the little bit we'll get you know later in the episode where he even asks her. He's like, "You really wouldn't have shot me, would you?" And she kind of smiles, and he's like, "Never mind, I don't want to know." Yeah. So I don't know that he she would have actually shot him, but but she sure she sure did uh, make it I don't convincing. Know. Yeah, it's it's tough to say. I mean, it it seemed like it was it was right up to the wire. I I don't know. I I think she would have. I think she would have. I, I, I don't think so. she would have killed him. I think she would have shot him. Yeah. 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 I can see that. So I would imagine she, it was pretty close range. She's a pretty good shot. I, I could see her hitting him in the shoulder or the arm or something to stop yeah. him from, you know, using that. But yeah, I, I don't think she would have killed him. So but, we find uh, out after after the episode at the end of, of last episode, uh, the zero matter is out of Wilkes. Like he has no more. He's yeah, he essentially it all cured. up. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and Whitney took it all in. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I, a little disappointed that he didn't walk away with superpowers. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, that's okay. Yeah. He he got a he got a little moment of them. Yeah. It, it when when they all head back to Howard's place, it was interesting. They had they kind of all had this little exchange back and forth about, you know, uh, you know how, how everybody was put in danger and, you know, Wilkes, you know, Susie even asked Wilkes, you know, why if if it was you in control, why did you or if 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 you know, if it was truly what was going on, why did you shoot Peggy or why did you threaten to shoot Peggy and not, and not me? And he said, well, cause I knew that, you know, you would, you know, step in and do something, you know, basically you right. wouldn't let that lie. Um, yeah. And, which I guess the, the implication is that, that Peggy, you know, wouldn't have folded. Right. Right. So, and, and Howard even gets a dig in on her. He says, you know, she talks about the danger, you know, that everybody's under and, and Howard put that on her. He's like, maybe, maybe you ought to yeah. look at yourself. 
I, I, it was weird moment because he says it like kind of a typical Howard joke, but it was kind of like a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, I was a little bit like, damn Howard, like that's, that's a little uncool. Cause that's some, something she's sort of been struggling with the whole time. And he just comes back from, you know, Peru and is like, Hey, maybe you're the reason people keep dying. And it's just like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't know. That was a weird little moment. I don't know if they were trying to play that for i don't really know what they were trying to play that for because it never really like i thought maybe that would like reopen a wound or something but it, it really didn't it just sort of like was said and then didn't go anywhere so i'm not really sure what they were what they were going for with that little exchange yeah then uh i, I know it made it had to make you laugh because it made me laugh but when they're all kind of sitting out there having breakfast and yep. wilkes asks exactly how we're saying he's here. like do you have a portrait of yourself in every room? And Howard's like, yes, I do. <laughs> I was like, I was so happy about that. I wrote in my, I do like the breakdowns every week of like the big moments from Agent Carter. And that was one of my breakdowns. So I was like, Howard's back and I'm not just, it's great that he's back, but I, let's talk about these paintings. <laughs> and I was just like, that's, I, I really want to rewatch the series now because there's been one in every episode since we noticed that first one and like yeah. brought it up and yeah. we're like, Oh, I hope it's a running gag. And it has been. Um, and there wasn't one in this episode, but then they explicitly talk about it, which I was like, Oh, thank God. I'm glad it, it just shows that they have a sense of humor. Like clearly that, that was always meant to be like a joke, you know, yeah. like, um, but now I wonder if the first one we saw it in was episode five. So I've got to imagine that episodes one through four, like there's, there was maybe one somewhere in the background. So I'm going to have to keep my eye out for that whenever I rewatch the season. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was, that was, that was great. I felt, of I course, felt very it's a vindicated in yeah. that moment. <laughs> exactly. We're not crazy for obsessing over that. Like, yeah. Yeah. So that was funny. I only, I only missed the fact that I wasn't live tweeting that because I totally would have uh, right? humble bragged that. Uh, like yeah. A big dog. Uh, so that's funny. Uh, and then man, Freddie shows up and there's kind of this tense moment, uh, Howard with the whole mustard thing. And yeah. Uh, and he tells him to put down the condiment <laughs> and, uh, and, and then it's funny cause man, Freddie's like, yeah, you stole my underwear. And I'm like, what is, what, like, what is going on? And then Howard's like, yeah, you can't wear your skivvies in, while you're in the Schwitz. And I was just like, man, I just was dying. Like that, that whole bit was just kind of yeah. funny and man freddie sits down and it turns out like him and howard know each other and of you know, course they, they know each course, other <laughs> yeah they go back away and uh you know it, it seems like they go back a long way yeah 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 to the old neighborhood kind of kind of conversation yeah um so i don't know i'm guessing he's uh originally from actually is howard supposed to be from california or from New York? Uh, I always took it as he was from New York. I did too. So I guess Manfredi's also from That's, New York. Yeah, Manfredi, just the way he talks and everything else. He's yeah, the typical, like this is the time. Like Italian when, gangster. Yeah. yeah, and this is the time, like late 40s, when they all started kind of coming west and, mm -hmm. you know, either getting involved, you know, right before, you know, kind of the whole Las Vegas thing turned over in the 50s. So Sure, sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's been, I mean, Ken Marino has been such a great yeah. addition to the show. I mean, I, I kind of thought it would maybe be a little cameo, but he's, he's had a pretty good presence in the second half of, uh, the season. So yeah, 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 I'm, I'm glad they, uh, pulled him back. Yeah. So they're all trying to figure out how to, you know, he's, he's obviously worried about Whitney and that's kind of where he right, comes she's from. Sort of they finally gone her. off the deep end in his eyes. Yeah. She's literally locked herself in a room and is writing on the walls. Yeah. So even he's like, okay, this is, uh, we got to get rid of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
but then they decide they're, you know, the, the plan is they're going to distract Whitney. They're going to take a bunch of pictures of all her work. And as Howard kind of put it, yeah, we'll do what all the great people do. We, we steal the work and then improve upon it. Yeah. Um, so that was funny. So they, they even, you know, kind of jided him about, you know, what all he's done and everything else. And they talk about the hover car. I, I, was, I thought the hover car was a nice call back to, to the first Captain America movie. And, mm-hmm. you know, he even yeah. said the second one worked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and then we, um, you know, I guess you could maybe, maybe that's a sly little reference to him sort of apparently stealing some of the arc reactor designs from, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Whiplash's dad. Oh yeah. Vanton, uh, Anton Vanko. Vanko. Yeah. So, um, I guess that's uh he pretty much admitted, yeah, I steal stuff from other people. Yeah. Yeah. So. Which, you know, again, not surprising, given yeah. the company he keeps. <laughs> sure, sure. And I, I thought it was funny how after they get all the parts and they're figuring it out and they're fighting over naming rights and everything else, Howard's sitting there hitting on Rose, like, just to just to get that, yeah. um, just to get at the dock. Like, he's just, yeah. I, I totally took that as him doing that just to just to get, just to get it yeah i don't i kind of think it's you know i kind of think as much as howard surrounds himself with you know I, I you know these sort of like model types and stuff i think he i'd like to think that he he's got a thing for you know sort of strong powerful women and that's rose so i don't know i kind of think he's i kind of like to think that rose is that's just rose's appeal you know i mean Everybody loves Rhodes, and sure, even yeah. Howard can't resist uh, her charm. <laughs> so, yeah, I think he's, um, yeah, I think he was, I think he was into her, and and Sam really hating it was just a bonus. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> but I thought it, I, I kind of had this whole like Science Bros version one thing going on with the three of them, like you know Stark, yeah, Wilkes, and, great. and Sam Raleigh. Uh, you know, but just with more ego, like, it's kind of funny. We see that in, <laughs> in, you know, with, with Tony and, and Bruce, but y- the ego doesn't seem to be quite as. No, it's all, it's all Tony with the ego. Yeah. Yeah. Bruce isn't too, doesn't really have much of an ego. He's, he's kind of a meek. He's more of a humble guy. Right. Which, you know, understandably, I mean, he's, uh, he was pretty, he's been pretty humbled. <laughs> By sure, his sure. sort of biggest achievement, his biggest scientific achievement. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was great seeing them all three be like all ego, especially, you know, Samberly might be even more egotistical than Howard even. Yeah, because he's kind of like the I'm better than you science type with right. a, with like an axe to grind kind of thing. You know, he's right, got to prove right. himself. You know, Howard is just like, uh, you know, just all charisma. Right. And then, you know, Wilkes is maybe a little more bruce banner like yeah yeah a little more low-key about it but yeah but it was just kind of funny yeah it was great it was a great dynamic and yeah it's again just the character pairings on this show are always so great like you can just put any two or three characters together and it just it just works and i mean that really speaks to the casting in the first place and the writing of the characters but yeah yeah that they can all just like you don't ever question like oh this is the first time wilkes samberly and howard have all like work together and hung out and they're instantly enjoyable together. Yeah. Yeah. Like they just instantly mesh. So yeah, it's, uh, you know, again, it's another one of those sad things. They've just, just done such a great job. I mean, you know, even shield sort of struggled with that in the early days, like pairing up characters and yeah. not always working, but yeah. it, this, this, every single combination I've seen 
of characters pretty much it just it just works and it's fun and so and and in the end it was peggy that named the riff generator the yeah riff generator, so i thought it was funny uh but then it was thompson came in and he called her did you catch her he called her margie yeah he said okay margie and then they walked out i thought that was that was interesting because uh, yeah mean, well thompson is always looking to kind of needle her anyway but right right and i mean we know her real name is margaret but right, yeah, right, nobody, right. nobody calls her that of course but right. yeah it was <laughs> which um i mean this sort of a side note but the i an interesting sort of thing just bringing up her name is that so this uh, redacted file that we saw uh last episode and this episode also um the producers gave like a little the showrunners they gave like a little interview afterwards about some of the stuff and one of the things they talked about was that file and saying that uh, not only is it still kind of in play, but that they were very deliberate about what they showed you, about what we saw from the file. Um, and, you know, they were sort of vague about it. But one of the things I think the interviewer brought up, and I mean, you can check check the whole thing on like MCU Exchange for, you know, the whole interview, but was that, you know, when we saw the name, we just saw Agent M. Carter, which I instantly, when seeing it, was like, oh, Margaret Carter. But of course, M. Carter Michael. is also Michael Carter, uh, her brother. Yeah. So brings up another little wrinkle. So I don't know. Maybe that um, maybe that file's not as uh, much BS as we thought. And and yeah, again, just the name thing made me think about that. That oh yeah, they've got the same initials. So um, it, it stands to reason that she might have no idea what that file was about because it wasn't about her. And that would it was make about her brother. That would make sense then because it still would keep things you know because we even commented on before it's like no she was with cap in 60 in you know june exactly 44 exactly so but it would impact her if it was something damaging against her brother could possibly damage her name maybe cast uh, Mm -hmm. you know some uh some unwanted light on her you know okay you know guilt kind of guilt by association thing or sins of the father if you want to if you want to sure yeah yeah i i i think it makes way more sense that it's her brother it would it would sort of because yeah. we, we were talking about how weird the whole thing was and it just seemed like a weird device. And if that's her brother, everything suddenly like sort of makes a lot more sense. So and uh, again, that was, you know, obviously that's a, one of those dangling threads that is sort of left for a potential third season. But yeah, a little side note there. Yeah, I would I would expect that and. Dottie to be kind of core to a season three at this point. Yeah. And and the whole like arena club pin council of nine, you know, whatever it, it seemed interchangeable. It seemed like at first they were called the arena club and then all of a sudden they were the council of nine. Yeah. And the council, but yeah, you know, that whole, the whole little pin slash key. Um, yeah. I thought that was cool that Thompson figured. And again, we get the upside down ram head looking thing that we know yeah. you know is is eventually going to be the hydra you know logo yeah, that we've I mean, seen in agents of shield and the fact that thompson was able to figure out it's a key not not necessarily just a pin and uh you know it's funny as the, as the episode went on and they revealed that i'm like well we're not going to obviously get resolution to that in season two you know exactly like there's not enough time left to deal with that yeah which, and i've been sort of waiting for it because they keep they kept dropping references yeah. to this pin you know i think we talked about it last week too because dot even brings it up or maybe it was a couple weeks ago, but you know, that it's, that pin is more than just a pin. And so, um, yeah, I, considering how much, uh, all that's played into shield and captain America and all those things, it definitely seems like there's a lot to be explored still with this like organization. And, and clearly they, 
I would assume they don't just exist in um, California because Dottie originally stole that pin in New York. So right. I'm assuming the Arena Club is, you know, a worldwide, you know, new version of Hydra. So that's I, I would definitely see that as like the season three threat. If, you know, if we get a season three. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the we talked about this before, not to beat a dead horse, but I think that is an easy way to tie it in. If, if we don't get a season three of Agent Carter, if it doesn't go to Netflix, that that's a thread that could easily be picked up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to kind of carry De- to his fruition. Definitely. I mean, that it was already a huge plot point in the first half of the season. So, I mean, it's it's sort of like a natural a natural end. I mean, you know, we talked about before that the, the Dark Force is a good sort of connection between S.H.I.E.L.D., but, you know, this gives them another one. So I I could certainly see that being the case where we get either a little flashback or maybe even a few episodes that feature, you know, recurring flashbacks um, or maybe a sort of whole episode that, that like, uh, you know, like the whole episode is almost like a, an Agent Carter episode and it's just yeah. bookend, bookended with like modern day shield stuff or something like that. I mean, yeah. Colson, you know, digging up one of the files and yeah, exactly. You know. And we, we know they, they deal in that sort of old SSR bunker anyway. And yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, they could seamlessly do a lot of things easily. So, which, which I think would be fun. I mean, if we, if we don't get a, if we don't get agent Carter on its own or it's, even if it's just wrapped up and then not continued, I, I definitely think it would be fun if agent Carter and the crew continued to sort of have a presence through Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., especially considering how integral, like, Peggy and SSR were to S.H.I.E.L.D., and it's, you know, been referenced a lot in the show, and she's shown up in flashbacks before, so I think that would be a great way to, like, keep her and everything alive in that modern show. Yeah. Or even on something like Most Wanted. I mean, who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of, oppor- of opportunities to explore that in, in other shows, so, yeah. and, and I'm sure they're considering all those things, of course. So they decide, I thought it was kind of, you know, of course they can't use, they decide that, you know, instead of using, setting off a nuclear bomb to open a rift, they're going to actually create a rift generator. And then, you know, they realize, well, we can't just use the the gamma weapon because that could potentially pull dark matter, you know, zero matter through the rift. We want to send, you know, the zero matter, you know, from from us to them, not from them to us. Uh, so then they decide they're going to use x-rays to kind of stabilize it. And then, you know, once once they kind of get everything in position that they could hit Whitney with the gamma rays and then that would, you know, send all the zero matter through the rift. Um, and, of course, you know, that has its own potentials that, you know, if the rift were to run away, it could just, you know, engulf everything. And, you know, the, because Whitney kind of has this connection to zero matter, they they knew that once they opened up the rift, it would kind of call to her, you know, which mm-hmm. we've kind of seen you know, that, that prior. So, yeah. Um, which it of course does. Yeah, <laughs> she like yeah. instantly is like, <gasps> yeah, it's happening. And then she's kind of like, like possessed, you know, she's yeah. just, you know, yeah, I mean, she's, focused. she's lost it at this point. Yeah. Uh, but then we get that, that cool moment where, you know, the, the, okay, the rift is open. They hit Whitney with the, with the gamma ray, which, uh, you would think the gamma ray would <laughs> have some kind of yeah. detrimental effects to her personally, but right, I, I don't doesn't don't don't gamma rays uh, do something to yeah, the human cause, physiology? <laughs> yeah, some mutations. Mm, uh, guess guess not. Yeah, so the zero matter goes, and then of course they can't close the rift because the little doodad right. that they use to open it is not working. And right, while they're course. arguing <laughs> over who's going to you know hit the manual, override. yeah, which is a great moment. Yeah, yeah. 
of just yeah. like, well, I can't do it or I could do it because of this. And everyone's trying to be the hero. And yeah. Meanwhile, Seuss is already, you know, tied an extension cord around halfway there. Himself. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, is going for it. And I really thought that Sousa was going to be a goner. Like, I thought that that would kind of, again, be a tragic moment for Peggy that, uh, you know, Sousa yeah. would die being the hero. And uh, yeah, I I definitely thought we were going to see a death. And I, I thought that would be the case. I, to be honest, um, I wanted it to be Thompson. I was actually very disappointed that it wasn't Thompson yeah. choosing to sacrifice himself because I feel like that was basically the only way he could have redeemed himself was if he's like, you know what, I've done a lot to screw things up. This is me like legitimately being the hero for yeah. once. Like I'm not taking credit for anybody else's actions. Like let me do this. Let me, you know, sacrifice myself for, you know, the good of the mission and the good of the world and all that. And I thought, again, another great missed opportunity to, you know, that would have given us a really emotional moment because the characters would have all seen him die and sacrifice himself and could have mourned and and it would have given him a final sort of like hero moment. Um, but, I honestly thought once he gave the pin to Peggy, I thought, and then that riff problem, I was like, oh, Thompson's a goner. because Exactly, yeah. Because, it, you know, he he physically gave her that, you know, it's it's almost like he's, you know, from a from a plot perspective, he's removing any any need for him to be necessary. Exactly. And, and then when yeah. they didn't, and it was Sousa, then I was like, oh, okay, it's going to be Sousa, I guess. But yeah, to me, it was just a bit of a, a, a missed opportunity and and a little sloppy. Like it, it's just it it felt like the whole season was building towards that with Thompson, and that was, I mean, they couldn't have spelled it out more in that moment that like someone's going to die, and then nobody died. Yeah, yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Um. Which, which is fine. I mean, of course, there's always going to be tension like that, and then not everybody's going to die every time we think someone's going to die. But it just seemed like the finale, and it was just building towards this thing, and everything that happened with Thompson. It just seemed sort of like the perfect moment to to have this like powerful redeeming moment. Yeah. But uh, but all ends well, and they they end up sending the zero matter over. They close the rift, mm-hmm. uh, and afterwards. Whitney's pretty much a basket case at that point. Like she's, yeah. she's done. I mean, even it was really cool at the end where we get that, where she has the, she's delusional. She thinks her mm-hmm. husband is still with her. Uh, and then when they cut to the fact that she's in an institution and she's clawing at her face, which again, Madam Mask is her character from the books. So, uh, you know, she's, it's almost like she's trying to just pull away her skin to get at it. Right. You know, there, there's gotta be some zero matter in her somewhere. Kind right. Of. Right. Which is, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where obviously they could find some way to bring her back. Um, you know, I thought the zero matter was maybe a way to make her not age or something, but so I don't know how exactly they pulled that off. But, you know, again, if there's a third, in terms of like her showing up in S.H.I.E.L.D. or something, but if, you know, there's more Agent Carter, then obviously she could show back up and, yeah, maybe actually, you know, put a mask on and be like Madam Mask. So, yeah, I really thought somebody was going to get sucked into that to that rift. I really, whether it was going to be Wilkes or, uh, you know, Thompson or Whitney or Wilkes or, you know, somebody, I, I really thought that somebody was going to get sucked into that. And that was going to be a, a you know, a tie to the other show. But. Yeah, I I thought that would have kind of been a perfect, it really would have been a perfect moment because it sort of like leaves a little bit of a dangling thread, but then it also leaves this thing open for a character to 
I mean, we've said it before, but they could step right out of it onto shield and like, oh, they haven't aged a day and right. Or they master, you know, the dark force powers in there. And I mean, it, it did seem like a missed opportunity because if they ever play with the dark force and zero matter and stuff again on shield, there's nobody explicitly, you know, tied to that anymore. So having one of those characters like sort of lost in that realm, I mean, that could have been a, a really neat, like crossover arc thing to do um, with shield and, and, uh, but, oh, well, I, again, I feel like maybe, I feel like a bit of a missed opportunity there with the writers to, to, to do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And keep that in play in, in some way. Whereas now it seems like it's just sort of neatly tied up with a bow. Like, all right, it's gone. Yeah. No more zero matter, no more dark force, but like clearly people experiment with it again in the future um, because of blackout, the character on shield. So right having it sort of like slightly open still or having a character there would almost give reason why like, okay, clearly somebody keeps experimenting with it or this person maybe has an influence who's on the other side and yeah, kind of would have tied things together a little better. Yeah. I, it, I, I, I agree. <clears throat> it, it's funny that, and then Stark, you know, as, as everything's kind of wrapping up, you know, Wilkes, Wilkes and Peggy kind of have their moment. It's, it's almost kind of like, well, there's been too much bad stuff that's happened to us, whether yeah. it's legitimate and not legitimate, whatever you want to call it. Like this thing is not going to work between them, but yeah, you know, Wilkes kind of gets a happy ending. He gets to go work for Howard. Uh, yeah. And, and Howard's funny. He's like, yeah, I got all this land in Malibu. I guess I should do something with it. So I thought that was kind of funny. Cause obviously that's where Tony's house is in, right. you know, in the first Iron Man movie, that's where, you know, kind of this, the Stark industries is set up in Malibu. So I just, thought yeah, that was, that was well, and they, the, that was another thing in that producer's interview. They did say that that's what it was, was his Malibu home that he builds is, is what he was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah, I mean, again, just keeping that character around and, and I, I thought it was a good ending between them. You know, it was like, yes, it was very adult. It was like, you know, maybe under different circumstances, but, you know, things happened, you know, you pulled a gun on me. Remember that? Um, <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, you know, this can't happen. But like, obviously, like we like they appreciated meeting each other. And yeah, I, I liked it. It was a nice little poignant capper on that. And then so Peggy decides she's going to go back to New York. She's you know, she's done with with uh, with Los Angeles and it's funny, she, when, you know, Anna comes home from the hospital and, you know, Peggy is happy to see her and Anna's, you know, kind of tries at her a little bit like, I can't believe you were going to leave without making sure you said goodbye. And Peggy's like, well, I kind of thought maybe you didn't want to see me anymore. And Anna's just so delightful. I mean, she's just like, of course not, you know, just like, you know, the, I couldn't even think that. And then she's like, well, I, I, I've, I called a cab and the look on Jarvis's <laughs> face when she tells him she called a cab to take her was just like priceless. He felt like just this little boy that yeah, had his he lollipop lives to taken serve. Away. He yeah. really does. And it's just like they're a team, you know? And, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's just, just like, like, no, I drive you. That's yeah. the thing. I'm and your then, driver. <laughs> and even Anna said, oh, no, you've got to let him take you. You know, again, she's just so awesome. She's like, you've got to let him take you. You know, he, that's, yeah. his, you know, he's, that's his thing. Yeah. So I thought that was awesome. Yeah. How he just bounds right back out. Splendid. Yes. Yes. Uh, and so then, you know, obviously she goes back. She's filling out all her paperwork, getting ready to head out. And, um, 
you know, Susa kind of just chides her basically for the fact that she violated policy and, you know, she was stupid and, you know, that she doesn't take her own advice, that she tells people not to have attachments and not to, you know, take risks and all this. But that's exactly what she did as long as it doesn't involve herself. And, uh, you know, Susa kind of has that kind of smug look on his face. And, of course, she. Right. He's clearly sort of just like, you know, ribbing her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, of course, Peggy decides to kiss him and, you know, they kind of, again, Hollywood ending. They kind of have their. Yeah, it really was. They're happy. They're happy ending right right there in Sousa's office. So. So then we cut to Thompson, who. Yeah, who again is a going, happy ending. Yeah. The, yeah. The file. Um, he's on the phone basically telling the New York office. Yeah, I'm on my way back. You know, everything's going on. He opens the door. Uh, he gets shot, but he gets shot in the right shoulder. So. Right. I like, noticed that, like, he didn't get shot in the head, he didn't get shot in yeah. the heart or the gut. And the producers mentioned that, too. It's yeah. the same thing. They're like, well, we didn't, we shot him, like, you know, we shot him where we shot him, so. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> and, of course, it was not clear as to who it was that did that. Yeah. And, you know, the the producers, they again, they said this this one interview um they said that it was they they were saying it wasn't like the council or vernon or anybody like that they made it seem as if it was a new player altogether could be it's funny when when the person first came in when you see him mm-hmm. i almost thought that he or she or i guess he had a limp and so when he turned around and walked out again i was looking to make sure that that's not what i saw because I was like, oh, man, wonder if it's Sousa. Like, oh, that would and, be. And he's just like, uh, you know, behind all of this. And, and oh, he's, my God. You know, he's just totally. But I didn't see that. So I don't know yeah. if we get some kind of like weird Kaiser Sose <laughs> that, thing going on with be, Sousa. That would be heavy. <laughs> that would be pretty crazy. Yeah. I I, I got to say, like, I, you know, it's, it's sort of shocking as it's supposed to be. It, again, to me, just plays. I, I'm going to give him a knock on that. I, I liked Peggy and Sousa kind of ending the way they ended. To me, the whole him being shot and then given what the producers said, like clearly if we're rolling right into a season three, I think it's safe to say that Thompson didn't die. Right. Meaning that not only do they sort of play this moment for like a shock value when, and then they immediately afterwards state in an interview like, hey, he's fine, you know, more or less. They're, yeah. they're pretty much like, well, so it's like, okay, well, that means he didn't die. Um, then it's also a repeat of what happened to Anna a few episodes before, which was a lot more like emotionally powerful, like that she might die. But again, it's a moment where a character gets shot and then they survive. Um, I, yeah, I mean, the only the only thing I guess I can say to defend it is obviously whoever came in wanted the files. And right. if they shot him, you know, as opposed to coming in and just like, you know, kicking his ass and knocking him out, he still would have like seen who did it or seen – or been able to describe something, but given the fact that he just opened a door and immediately got shot, like at least that kind of maybe gives him some deniability as to say like, okay, yeah, I know they were after this, but I, right. I didn't get a look at who it was. Yeah, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to keep, uh, the other thing I'm going to say about that is that that whole file thing to me was a little forced in terms of a plot device because sure, yeah. he explicitly finds these two objects the key and the file and he weirdly is sort of like almost acting like it's a secret thing when he like discovers them in that office he's sort of like checking to make sure no one's there then he goes and gives peggy the key why not give her the file 
you know, why so, exp- you know, he knows that it's something that could be used against her. He's trying to redeem himself. Why hang on to this thing he, that has nothing to do with him? And I'll need to go back and look at it because one of the things I noticed this time when he opened the file and he was skimming through it mm-hmm. and then he closed it, he had his look on. He had a look on his face like, yeah, there's nothing here. Like, this is like the, the you know, this is nothing. And then just kind of throws it aside. So it was almost right. But why then why not just give it to Peggy? Why not be like, hey, you yeah, know, I, don't want this to be used against you or this pertains to you like you should have it. Yeah. You know, like why keep like what is his motivation for keeping that a secret that he still has this this thing that one way, even if he thinks because Vernon even says about the file, it doesn't matter what whether it's true. It just matters what's there. So he knows one way or another, even if it's not true, it could be damning to her. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It just. The whole th- and again to me it just plays under the idea that I th- I thought the more powerful thing would be that Thompson does die and he dies in that vortex by sacrificing himself. Whereas this, he's just like a victim. Someone comes in, someone kills him. I just it's, I mean it's me rewriting the show, of course, that makes me upset, which maybe isn't fair, but you know I was just thinking like him sacrificing himself would be meaningful, and then and then that whole thing wouldn't have played into what it was whereas to me it almost felt like a kind of a forced little like shock ending slash setup for next season yeah when i think the key itself and even peggy having that file herself could have been enough she could have investigated it on her own you know she she had the key that's a whole plot point she's got this file and she's like well this isn't about me so it must be about my brother that's a whole plot point you know and it just felt like they were just looking for a big shocking you know, final moment thing, but, and like a, like a cliffhanger thing, like, Oh, what's happened to Thompson and who's this person and what's up with the file, you know? Yeah. So it was just, I, I don't know. That was just, I mean, that's just my take. That was just my thought on it. Sure. Yeah. That I felt like maybe that whole thing could have been handled in a different manner. But I mean, the one, the one thing I do hope if we get a season three or we see these characters again, is that we don't get the same season one, season two Thompson. I hope we get yeah. a yeah, Thompson seriously. that's more, <laughs> Like, okay, I get it now. You know, I can right. I can trust her. I can trust Sousa. You know, she's really a good person. I mean, I think that little exchange they had where he's like, yeah, I am pretty much need to pack my bag because you're going to turn me in for, you know, this, that, and the other. And she said, no, you know, I'm really not going to do that because, you know, I, I knew what kind of person Masters was and you're basically in it for yourself. And for somebody to come along in that position that would – foster that in you um is kind of like basically you're weak and it's a personality flaw but i'm not going to make you lose your job and you know right be prosecuted over that fact and i pulled a gun on you and threatened to shoot you which probably wouldn't work out well in my favor either so. right but well and yeah I, I mean i hope they they do but it does sort of bring up the question of you know we know at some point Peggy's responsible for ushering in shield and that she's this higher up who's involved. And, you know, we never hear about Thompson and Sousa again. So it does make me sort of wonder, like with everything Thompson's done with everything Peggy has done, why is he in charge and why isn't she in charge, you know? Yeah. And so I hope they sort of address that at some point that like, he's not really fit to be the like chief of this entire organization. Like he, to me, this, this whole covert, you know, strategic scientific reserve, like it's all in his hands, you know, and, and that just seems like a really questionable decision moving forward. Yeah. 
I, I mean, it'd, it'd be interesting to see because you know we saw in Winter Soldier that the kind of the the triumvirate of the of Shield was Colonel Phillips, Howard Stark, and Peggy Carter. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm curious if and we're never going to see Tommy Lee Jones. Again, no, sure, no, 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 we're so. not going to see him. But I wonder if like maybe the impetus is well, Phillips becomes you know Secretary of Defense or becomes Vice President. Yeah, or... I think so. Something he's just sort of like he's in the political like sphere yeah and so basically it just kind of hits this point where he's like okay we need to get rid of this and we need to bring this in and howard's the man and peggy's peggy's it so you know they're going to be my go-tos right but but that's why i'd sort of like to see her raise like go up in the ranks yeah yeah, i agree i agree and stop being like subordinate it just doesn't make any sense anymore for her to be and even seuss is a great guy too but it just you know it just makes way more sense that they should be taking orders from her and not the other way around. Yeah. And I really, I really thought we would see that this season. Um, I, I did too. And and really what it turned out to be is Peggy on extended vacation is what it right. amounted so, to as far as her career path. Yeah, exactly. She, and that's one of the things it's like, you know, I know for her, it's not about the career, but from a logistical standpoint, like she can't keep being like the star agent and not, it'd be one thing if she's like the James Bond type and there's an M above her, but right. there's not, you know, I mean, Thompson and Sousa are not M, you know, they're not, right. they're the same age as her. They've got the same war experience, probably even less than she does in the field. They're nowhere near as competent as she is. And I would argue that strategically minded, they're not as competent as she is. So it just it just seems silly. And of course, there's the whole thing, you know, she's a woman. But, you know, I feel like they've sort of gone past that. And we know that obviously that doesn't matter in the long term, because at some point she becomes the main person. So. Right. And if, you know, there's no dually anymore, like it's just Thompson. I mean, he's literally the head, you know, well, so it's like. But is he is he above Sousa or is he just in charge of the New York Bureau? Like I took that, it as that's the thing that I he have, was I've, he was like New York on. chief. Like, like Sousa's the chief of the L.A. branch, and, and I took it as Thompson's the chief of the New York branch. That's what they make it seem like, but at the same point, like, I, even if there's other branches, there's got to be a head. You know, no organization has, like, a head just based on each office, you know. There's still someone above all of them, you know, like, coordinating that. So that's what's a little confusing about it is they both seem to be equally in charge, but then sometimes Thompson's a bit more in charge. And like, who's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, in yeah. any organization, there should always be someone at the very, very top, no, absolutely. especially yeah. a government organization. So it's like, who, who is Thompson even answering to, you know, and is he the top? Are they both the top of the SSR food chain? Is there someone else above the SSR? It's just, it's a little vague. And, you know, I'm not saying they spend a whole episode getting into like the bureaucracy of the SSR or anything, but yeah. it would be nice if the roles were maybe a little more clearly defined because it. It is like, okay, so Peggy's an agent, but she's also like the best person. And then they're both co-in charge, but they're both kind of like not as skilled or older or anything than she is. And it's just a weird, just the structure of it, the hierarchy of SSR is very confusing. Yeah, no, absolutely. So we'll see. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we get some more. Like I said, if not a formal season three, then at least we get some advancement of, of what's been hanging and the other Mm -hmm. shows or some sort of two hour movie or something like that. Yeah. Or a a comic book. I don't know anything, just something. Yeah. 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 Something to wrap it up. But yeah. 
or continue it. I mean, I would be even better than wrapping it up, but yeah. And, and again, I think, you know, there's something to be said for, you know, a quote unquote lost leader, uh, you know, just to, Mm -hmm. just to kind of keep Marvel on Tuesday nights in everybody's mind. Yeah. I still think it would be such a smart move for them to immediately put it on Netflix and just see how the numbers go. Cause sometimes these shows just take off when they get on Netflix. Yeah. You've got two seasons of it now. That's, you know, that's a, that's 18 episodes for people to like binge and talk about. And especially with daredevil coming up, then you've got like this other Marvel show on Netflix for people to like watch and talk about and, and then see what those numbers do. Because if, if that does really well, then that might be promotion for another season to sell the DVDs to, to whatever. So yeah, I, I just really think that that's should be their first move is to get those seasons, at least the first season onto Netflix. Yeah. And we're kind of in this range now. So starting 2016, Netflix gets first run at Disney movies. So when Mm. civil war comes to pay TV, uh, it's not going to HBO. It's not going to stars. It's not going to showtime. It's going to Netflix. Yeah. Um, which, you know, would potentially be before the end of the year. And, you know, given Netflix's uh, recommendation engine and everything else, if they put Agent Carter on there and somebody does watch Civil War, I could easily see, you know, in, in rating it high that, you know, Agent Carter would be prominent in there. Like, here's something that you might enjoy kind of thing. So, Of course. And, I mean, we've got a Daredevil coming up pretty pretty much guaranteed Luke Cage. And yep. I think it's also a safe bet that Iron Fist. Oh, yeah. Um you know, and again, it's I, I don't get how the deals work because to me it is still confusing that like I don't know why all Marvel movies aren't on Netflix. You know, I still don't totally get that, but or at least the ones owned by Disney. But yeah, it just really seems like if Marvel and Netflix have this deal, the more Marvel content that's on Netflix, the better for everybody. Because maybe you're, you know, like you're saying, maybe someone watches daredevil and that gets them to watch agent carter maybe somebody's watching uh age of ultron and that gets them to watch jessica jones i mean just yeah, yeah. you know it just seems like they should be playing up to that that synergy a little more so I, I don't really know why they i don't really know why they haven't been you know shields on there daredevil and jessica jones are obviously on there but that's it there's there's no other marvel movies on there right now yeah for a while we had like iron man or no we had thor and captain america the first avenger and yeah and, avengers, and Aven- avengers was on there too yeah yeah and then I think they lost that deal to Amazon, maybe, or Amazon kept it. Um, so again, you know, and Netflix deal too is, you know, they'll let stuff go away for a while and come back, and you know, sure, just a sure. way for them to kind of save some money. And you know, it people, just when, seems like with the relationship they have with Disney yeah. and with Marvel, it just it's and ABC, right? That it's just it's really peculiar that we don't have more Marvel content on there, but. Uh, I, th- I think, yeah, I think it's going to change. Like I said, I think, I think starting this year, the, the the deal that Disney has with Netflix is pretty strong. So I think, yeah, moving forward, we're going to see a lot more of that. So right, and I wonder if it's just on Netflix, is it? Because they have Agents of Shield, so it seems like, well, why do they have one ABC show and not another? But I, who yeah. knows? Maybe they don't. Maybe it's them who doesn't want Agent Carter. I don't know. And but I find only, that hard to believe because they've yeah, got a lot of too. crap on there already. So yeah. it's not like they're picky. The only thing I can think of is Amazon got exclusive Blu-ray DVD rights to Agent Carter Season 1 and S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2. So maybe it was too late for them to negotiate over Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but maybe Amazon gave them some sweet deal on the Blu-ray DVD for Agent maybe. Carter and it precluded them from flipping it on Netflix. Uh, that's the yeah. only thing I can think 
Yeah, I guess. But again, it's like clearly that was a bad move because, I mean, it's just nobody – I don't know. You know, nobody talk. you're not building buzz by having a Blu-ray for sale on Amazon, you know? Right. No, I agree. So – and who knows? I don't know. I don't know how the money works out, and obviously that's a consideration. But when you're doing this sort of like cross-platform multimedia strategy, it just – it seems like you have to take all these things into consideration and – it's not just about the money you'll make from the product, but it's about the buzz and press you'll generate for future versions of that product and other ones. So, yeah, it just seems like, you know, maybe Netflix pays you less than Amazon, but you're also going to get tons of buzz for the next season of this show. Yeah, short-term so, gain versus long-term gain. Yeah, and you think Marvel would be better at figuring that out. So, I don't know, maybe it's just a weird period where they, maybe this is the thing that teaches them that. Is like, damn, we really screwed up with Agent Carter in terms of promotion because they really did just sort of like dump it, it feels like. Yeah. So. Oh, well. Oh, well. But I guess on to a show that that is on Netflix. That is on Netflix and will be back. (laughs) And does very – of course, who knows when it will be back. Is the other thing. Yeah. We don't know that yet. But But again, highly rated. Probably better rated and reviewed – Although nothing official than even Daredevil, I mean, Agent or Jessica Jones yeah. is. It is uh, weird though because Daredevil seems to dominate. You know, every time you do anything on Netflix, like I just re-downloaded the app on my phone the other day, and it's Daredevil is the main thing. It's like, like that's the image for Netflix is Daredevil. So I don't know if that's just because visually that's a, more of an image to link to than just you know Jessica Jones just someone's face you know you've got like a dude in a crazy costume yeah but uh and you know who knows how the ratings work with netflix but certainly critically it i i think it's safe to say that like jessica jones walked away with like far far more praise than daredevil yeah i mean and for me personally we've talked about it before i i prefer daredevil over jessica jones but that's not a knock against jessica jones i think that's just they're both right. very, very strong, but they're, they're, you know, in, in some ways they're the same, but in a lot of ways they're different. They um, are, they're, you know, in their approaches, but I uh, think they're very, I think they're very different shows. Like, I mean, you know, once you get over some of the like obvious similarities, yeah, I, sure. I definitely think they're different. So, yeah. and you know, I've talked about, I mean, I, I love, love, love Daredevil. And of course, in terms of fight sequences, like no contest, you know, it beats everything else that i've ever seen yeah um but i definitely um enjoyed jessica jones like more overall so um but again you know i mean i love them both so yeah it's shades of gray you know i mean that's that's why yeah i mean there really are just two different things that they just strike two different moods like i it's like whenever i think about my ranking of like marvel stuff a lot of it a lot of it's tied up just because you know whether i like Winter Soldier more than Guardians is sort of irrelevant because they're both so radically different. Yeah. So it's yeah. like I know that they're both my favorite, but it's hard for me to decide which one I like because I'm just kind of in the mood for a different one at a different time. I mean, they're two yep. very, very different stories. Um, and I think that's the same thing with Daredevil and Jessica Jones. I mean, they're trying to do two very different things. Yeah. And they both succeed at doing those those things. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we'll what we're going to do here is just kind of talk about the last segment of the show. Uh, you know, we we talked quite a bit about Jessica Jones at this point, uh, so this will be kind of our third and final 
dissection of of the end. Uh, but this this portion of you know we're kind of starting at the point where uh, Kilgrave was captured uh, at the end of of episode eight, mm-hmm. and uh, you know so by episode nine he's he's kind of in this. Uh, like tank off this yeah this this thing. black site uh, yeah <laughs> if you will uh, that's that's been there and uh you know she's the whole purpose of this is Jessica needs to get a confession out of him she needs to prove that he can do the things that she knows he can do because that's the only way she's going to save Hope Schlotman and mm-hmm. she carries a lot of guilt over Hope's condition she you know because because it was really Kilgrave trying to get back at her that caused right. all this to happen and for her to murder her parents. And so she feels a very strong sense of uh, responsibility for that. And so uh, that's why she can't just outright kill him. I mean, she could easily, while he's in that box, just, you know, do something and just kill him. Uh, but that, that does nothing to get hope out of, out of prison. And that's kind of her end game. So um, she's, she's trying to, to get that figured out. She, she even goes to detective Clemens and says, look, you know, I've got him, you know, I, I've got him. I just, you know, you, you can, you've seen what he can do. And Clemens is kind of like, well, you know, I, I, he doesn't really know how to, how to deal with that, even though he knows what he saw and, you know, the tapes getting erased and, you know, people acting strangely and, and everything else. He's just not, at this point, he's kind of not in for it. Yeah. Um, and of he- course, Simpson is in bad shape. Uh, and they, you know, she, he, he wants um, Trish to take him to a specific hospital, a specific doctor, uh, and the whole purpose of that is for him to get, you know, quote unquote, back on the program. Which, right, which um, is our first sort of explicit reference to him being his comics counterpart or a version yeah. of it. I mean, obviously his name is different, uh, or his first name is different from the comics version, right? But, um, but you know, I think it's safe to say that he's Nuke from the comics, and yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole. Red pill to get you up, two white pills to stabilize you, and then a blue pill to, right. to bring you down again. And red, white, the program, blue. you know, yeah. being, you know, the super soldier program, sure. which is, you know, where the whole nuke thing comes from. So, yeah, I mean, that that was another one of those moments similar to, I, I mean, I, I've, I think I've said this before, but, you know, with Daredevil, I expected that to be pretty superhero-y. But I was actually surprised with how sort of comic booky Jessica Jones was, because I thought that would yeah. almost be the more straightforward one. Um, because they had talked about how she wouldn't be in costume and things like that. Um, but, you know, just seeing the seeds sown for Trish being Hellcat and then, you know, you know, that's a, that's kind of a deep mythology thing to go into Simpson and like his pills and this program. And it's, you know, again, we've talked about how his character was maybe sort of like rushed a little bit in its development, but still that's sort of like a big comic-y drop. Like, oh, he's got pills that, um, you know, make him super strong and, uh, crazy and he's part of a program and there's a weird doctor and you know that's that's sort of like a you know divergent path from like the rest of the stuff that's going on in the show and yeah and a you know a pretty explicit reference to like oh yeah we didn't just give this guy this name just to have a name you know this isn't just right trish walker to be like oh remember her from the you know it's like no she's she's training out a fight and she's probably going to be hellcat someday and this is, you know, Nuke, he takes pills to make him super strong and, and crazy. And he's like some sort of like crazy terrorist patriot guy. Um, so, yeah, I was I was pretty surprised how much they went into that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, too. I, I didn't see them going down that road at all. 
Yeah. Um, especially given how the show started. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know. It was sort of, and again, for better or for worse, maybe it was, maybe that could have been a season two thing, but, uh, you know, it, it happened and, and, uh, yeah, I, I was surprised by that. So I, I, I feel safe in assuming that when we get season two, I think much like Daredevil is going pretty hard with the comic book characters and references and storylines in season two. I think, you know, we'll see Jessica Jones go pretty deep into that stuff too. I think they sort yeah. of feel safer doing those things now. Yeah. And, and given that, you know, we've, we've kind of already gotten Simpsons, you know, nuke, whatever you want to call him, his origin out of the way at this point, you kind of hit the ground running, you know, mm-hmm. with season two and when, right. you know, we'll talk about some of the other stuff going on in, in, towards the end of this season that'll that'll propel us into season two um, as well. Um, but I thought it was cool that, you know, one of the things that she decides to go after is to try and figure out who his mom and dad are, who Kilgrave's parents are. And they start dissecting mm-hmm. the videos that they find, you know, of, of young Kevin, um, you know, going through these experiments and, um, you know, again, we get the detective Jessica Jones, right? You know, where she's yeah. analyzing, you know, film. She's making phone calls and trying to get information out of people. And, you know, she's using that to kind of track things down. Uh, and she finds out that, you know, his parents, you know, were, you know, she found a way to find him, that they were professors at a university. And again, we get these cool and we get this a few times in the show these cool bait and switches, right? Where you think, Oh, okay. It turns out his parents are just these evil psychopaths who experimented on their son and, you know, law of unintended consequences. Here's what happened. And, you know, they're, they're probably just some evil pair of scientists, you know, that are kind of typical in, in, you know, superhero stories. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she finally realizes that the mother actually went to the victims groups. um, Right. Right. And she kind of pieced that together by the fact that, you know, what she said and what she did and, and uh, and she's able to get to the bottom of it. Uh, and she finds out that, no, th- their motivation was to save their son's life, that he would have died. And, you know, they were desperate to keep him alive. And in doing so, they gave him, you know, they gave him they experimented with a virus uh, that gave him these abilities. So, again, it was kind of cool because it's not like a he doesn't have like superpowers necessarily. He's right. he's more like he's infected with a virus that. Um, that he that then just... spreads to other people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was an interesting take. Right, right. He's not like psychic. Right. Um, which, for whatever reason, the MCU seems really weird about. And they've kind of brought this up on S.H.I.E.L.D. before. Um, it was in one of the earliest episodes how they were. S- With the clairvoyant, yeah. Yeah, and they were like, what? Psychics? No, that can't happen. And I think yeah. even Sky points it out, like, really? Like, that's where you draw the line, all the crazy yeah. stuff yeah. that happens in this world? And so, yeah, but again, it's, yeah, so he's not, like, uh, somehow, like, psychically mind-controlling people, which is fine. I mean, I you know, however they want to explain it, um, it was definitely an interesting, like, take on that ability. You know, she figures out, okay, she's got his his parents. She's going to bring him back to the – she's going to bring them back to the to the cell that they're keeping him in. And this will be a way to get him to confess. Like she'll use the parents because she couldn't do it. She tried to push him and push him and push him and it didn't work. You know, he he didn't he didn't bite. And I mean she even makes the comment after looking over the videotape again just to kind of see what was going on. Like, like you know, I even – you know, feel sorry for the guy. Like it's, he, he's not buying into it. Like he knows what her end game is. And so she right, thinks, right. okay, 
if we bring the parents in, you know, we can use them to to push his buttons to the point where he'll make them do something that we can capture on tape. And at this point, they've Clements has come into the fold and Clements is there. So it's like, OK, everybody's going to see undeniably that, you know, this is happening, uh, which, which, again, we talked about that before. But, you know, we've seen this world has seen, you know, people fly aliens come out of this the sky you know a man you know with superhuman strength a man that turns into a green giant you know they've seen all these crazy right. things yet it's mentioned captain america has been around for decades right you know right. like this isn't an, even a new thing really right but it still doesn't you you still have to convince a jury that this person has the power to do these things and it's like how do you you know how do you do that even in this world where these things happen you know, how, you know, as you, a member of the court or a member of the jury, how are you able to say that this person can do these things and it's not just a hoax or it's not, yeah, uh, yeah. It's you know, something else. Difficult. So, I, I sort of wondered how the whole season they were going to try and pull that off. Yeah. She keeps talking about like, I've got a, I need evidence. And I, I just kept thinking, I have no idea. How, I can't wait to see how the writers try and do this because I can't even fathom how you would do that. Yeah. So, but they, I mean, they, they construct a pretty, uh, pretty good series of things that she attempts to do. So, yeah. And so she, she ends up, you know, putting the parents in there. They do end up pushing his buttons. Cause I don't think he was expecting that at all. Like that, that kind of threw him for a loop, you know, he, definitely. You know, Cause he hasn't seen them in, uh, you know, since he's a kid, since right. he like ran away from home. Yeah. And he thinks like, oh, uh, you know, there's no way, you know, no one yeah. will ever find them. Like, it's not even a thought that crosses his mind. So then when they show up, you know, she puts them in there. And of course, things kind of go haywire. The button, you know, the, the, they were going to shock every, you know, he he literally he makes the mother pick up the scissors. Oh, God. Yeah. And, you know, that that she stabbed him with because uh, she went in there, you know, realizing they've they've got to end this, that he's, you know, hurt too many people. Right, right. And that Which was is... a pretty interesting emotional back and forth they had. Like, he tried to convince them, like, I'm a good person now. Like, Jessica and I went out and we saved people. Like, <laughs> right, like, I'm he's not so delusional. Bad... <laughs> yeah, I'm not this bad person. And yeah, it's, he's a, he's all sorts of messed up. Yeah, yeah, and she doesn't buy it of course and right uh so of course when he makes her pick up the scissors and then says stab herself and you know it's kind of everything's kind of starting to turn chaotic and she hits the button to try and electrocute him and it doesn't work and of course she starts stabbing herself um and then when trish freaks out shoots the shoots out the glass and of course you know then you know all bets are off like okay now he's uh you know he's he's out and available mm-hmm. and of course jessica's trying to get in while this is happening so she's kind of like stuck between the two doors kind of thing and um and it was just a really it was a really cool tense moment because you have all you know there's several things going on in this very yeah. tight space yeah it got pretty chaotic yeah and it was done really well and then i i what i thought was awesome and what i thought the show did really 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 well and something they didn't they kind of touched on in the comics a little bit but i think in the show it just plays off way better is like when he tells Patsy, um, you put, you know, shoot, put, put a bullet in your skull and she puts the gun under her, you know, her jaw and pulls the trigger. And of course, then she's out of bullets and she keeps pulling the trigger, pulling the trigger. And it's just like she has this crazy, you know, it's just something's compelling her to literally right. kill herself. And she's, you know, you know, taking a bullet and trying, you know, hitting her, you know, self in the head. And, you know, it isn't until Jessica comes back after it all 
you know, comes down and says, you know, puts the bullet in her mouth and says, okay, now you have a bullet in your skull. And then boom, it's like a, it's like a switch turned off. Yeah. It was a, it was a clever way. Cause it yeah. is sort of like, it's almost like that the sort of stories where like you, you have a wish that you make to a genie, but it's like, you have to word it like so specifically because the genie yes. will always like interpret it differently. And yes. So it is like a weird thing where like, of course her first thought is like, Oh, that means shoot myself. Like we all know what that means. So she tries that, but then it's like, okay, well, I've got to get this bullet in my skull. So then it becomes a little more literal and she's like trying to put it in there. And then it's like, yeah, having Jessica figure that out. And it, it was a really, I thought that was a really clever thing too. Yeah. And you just know, like just, how you break that conditioning, like, Oh, okay. Yeah, I did it. And, and again, it shows her cleverness, right? Cause she's able exactly. to, yeah. you know, to know how to get around it. She did the same thing kind of with Simpson, you know, when, when they fell off the roof and you yeah, know, exactly. He's, he's like, look, you were told to do X, you did that. So exactly. now, now you're good. Yeah. Um, and it is interesting because it shows that it's sort of all about perception. Yes. Like his power, like as yes. long as they perceive that they've done what he told them to do, then that's, that's all it takes. Yeah. And his, and his sort of like power is broken. So it's, it's almost like he just somehow infects that part of your brain. So yeah, it, it's, it's definitely an interesting twist on like mind control for sure. Yeah. And even like when she's in the morgue, she's trying to find like, okay, let's see if we can pinpoint him and figure out where he's at because, you know, she's, he's alluded to the fact that he'll have people randomly like start killing themselves if she doesn't do, you know, what he wants her to do and, you know, innocent people get killed. So she's like looking the more like, let's look for people that have their head shoved up their butts and, or, you know, like, or that have attempt, you know, have their back broken because they tried to do that or like weird, right. like have died in circumstances where they've tried to do things that are completely unnatural and, right. you know. Uh, it's, it's just it's right kind of... because he he's not just like kill yourself like he right. he still uses sort of like colloquial expressions yeah like if you told somebody to go screw yourself you know and right and you, you know it's, <laughs> i mean it's you know they would literally try and go do go do that right um, right and yeah it, it really is like an uh, a cool take on on that but it was just again just kind of interesting and of course the mother's killed and then you know Kilgrave uses the father to kind of figure out, okay, he was here trying to, you know, so Patsy takes him and, you know, they're they're trying to basically because they, you know, one of the the big revelations is Jessica finds out he has no power over her anymore for whatever reason, whether it's because she can heal quickly or she's built up an immunity because he's used her, his power so much on her, whatever the case may be. That's what I was kind of thinking. Or, or that when she finally broke the conditioning the last time, it's somehow like, whatever it is that infects your mind, like the thing she, he had her do like broke that. And like ever since she's never been able to test it again, but ever since then, like that, that part, like her brain just doesn't work that way anymore. Right. So like right. his things just like don't, which was interesting because they've been really good about that this whole season. And that the last time he commanded her was, you know, back during the incident with um, Luke's wife. Yeah. And like, she clearly like, broke with him by like ignoring him um and then since then he's explicitly not used his powers on her right right. so we of course just assume like oh any minute he could um and so that was a really great like payoff of like oh damn that's right like yeah she ever since she like broke that spell that must have done something because now this is the first time he's tried it and like it doesn't work and they both like realize it in that moment it was like ooh, that's now she's like immune to she doesn't have a kryptonite anymore, you know? Like, right, right. But it was interesting that, you know, they tried to get the father to create 
an antivirus. You know, just okay. If this is truly based in science and viral, then right. we should be able to create something that'll counter that. And uh, of course, he, he he thinks he does it, and it kind of sort of works. And it seems like it works for a limited amount of time. Uh, yeah, I gotta say that never seemed clear to me. Yeah, yeah, it was one of my little things that bugged me. Is I I felt like they never they never really let us know whether he was immune or not. Yeah. Or, or like it was working or not. And then they never used it again. And it was just sort of like a, they just sort of abandoned that plot a little bit. Yeah. And I guess, you know, once Kilgrave gets him back, the main thing there is just like, he's like, okay, if you could find a way to make it to, to a, you've created this virus in the first place, B, you're trying to find a way to make people immune to it. You know, C, you should be able to find a way to make it stronger. Um, right. And so he starts iteratively trying to, do that and we find out later when he gets a hold of Luke that you know she was always real you know okay 14 hours like once you hit 14 hours away from him then whatever he told you to do you're not going to do anymore you know his power over you is gone and then you know ultimately she tells him you know no uh you know it was first it was 16 hours and then as soon it's going to be 24 hours and oh the range is extended like basically I'm I've gotten stronger um so when you were with Luke and you were suspicious because you know, Luke kind of that was kind of a cool storytelling device, too, when Luke kind of says, oh, I followed, you know, I, I came across him. I followed him. And, you know, after after the his his bar blows up, you know, and he comes out, you know, after it's mm-hmm. on fire, you know, she's she's like, OK, what did he say to you? Did he say, you know, for you to kill me? Did he you know this, that or the other? And he's like, no, he didn't do that. And so then she purposely kind of keeps him isolated for this 14 hour period because she knows it would you know wear off. And she's real careful about making sure he stays away from Kilgrave because she's in the back of her mind. She thinks like, okay, he could still be under some sort of control. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once she thinks she's in the safe zone, then everything's okay. And then when they, they kind of catch him in that church or whatever, that's when, you know, he reveals, Oh, you thought it was 14, but no, it's really 16. And Oh, Luke, by the way, go ahead and, you know, kill her. And right. And all those things that he said, that was me saying those things. Which is right. sort of like the thing left dangling is, you know, he's sort of, they sort of have like a, this moment. Yes. Um, and, you know, and of course we all want them to be together, like the two of them to be together because, you know, one, I mean, not just because that's what the comic says is supposed to happen, but, you know, they have great chemistry together and all that. But, um, yeah, then you're sort of left wondering, like, was, is that true? You know, how much of that is true? Is Kilgrave just saying that? But yeah, you're sort of left wondering, like, you know, what the status is between them. Yeah, yeah. And of course, once she he actually does try and and kill her, um, and you could tell it's just kind of like painting him, like he's 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 not wanting to do it, but he has to do it. Um, and then when she takes that shotgun and puts it right <sighs> under his chin and pulls the trigger, I'm like, Whoa. man, that that was a that was a hell of a way. They yeah, an episode. <laughs> and then there were a lot of people that were like, well, OK, so he can survive an explosion and fire and, you know, whatever, but can't take a shotgun. And I I kind of was like, well, they did a great job explaining it, though. Yeah. I mean, the fact that it was point blank under an area that is probably less sensitive. Well, and that he has, you know, bulletproof skin, but his internals. But exactly. And that's yeah. a lot of that's a lot of pressure. Right. You know, yeah, um, shotgun point blank under your you know, chin rattling your head is a little exactly. bit different than, you know, they were like, well, the bar exploded. It's like, yeah, the bar exploded, but we don't know how close he was to the actual part that exploded. I mean, yes, right. it was on fire, but, you know, obviously fire is not going to hurt him. Um, so I, 
personally, I didn't. I thought that was a bit of like people complaining to complain kind of thing. Like it didn't bother Definitely. me at all. Like it made it made it's sense. It's more that. interesting if he's not Superman. You know, if he's exactly. not invincible. Exactly. Like yes, yeah, he, he's got a pretty good chance against a lot of stuff. But you can still get to him. It, it makes right. him much more interesting. And, right. Um. Yeah, I mean, he's not invulnerable. Like, you just got to get creative with how you attack him, which I think is, you know, is where the drama and the suspense comes from. And and obviously, you know, I hope that future Luke Cage villains exploit that same sort of thing. Like, they don't just keep shooting bullets at him all the time because they're like, okay, this doesn't work. Let's, you know, th- let's try something else. You know, let's drown. You know, we can drown him. We can right drop a building on him. Because, yeah, there's there's you know. a- exactly there's there's other stuff that will work. Like, let's just not keep shooting them because that'll never work right right but yeah and i mean that was just a brutal thing with the shotgun right under the head like yeah yeah and the fact that she had to do it point blank staring at him in the face like it was yeah you know it was personal it wasn't just you know oh i'm just gonna crack you over the back of the head kind of thing it was it was a lot more personal and and in your face than that but uh, right and like she knows that he's bulletproof but still you know your brain is a human you're putting a shotgun under someone's chin all you're thinking of is this is going to kill you know right in her mind she was killing him yeah yeah like he survived which is great but i mean i think that if he wasn't you know luke cage that same thing she would have done the same thing yep and it would have killed him you know so which makes it you know even more like heartbreaking and brutal yeah To back up, what, what, a couple other things going on. We kind of skipped ahead a little bit, but I, I one of the parts that, that I thought was really good was when when Kilgrave gets a hold of Hogarth because Hogarth kind of like sees that he could be a means to kind of solve her problem too. Yeah, uh, of course, <laughs> you know because she's got this problem with Wendy, her ex wife. Uh, or soon to be ex-wife because she's seeing her secretary Pam and you know those two have a relationship and Wendy's getting pretty bitter about it and and Hogarth is being very cold and callous towards towards Wendy you know this it's kind of this whole thing that's going on and we we talked about it in pre- prior episodes you know Jessica getting involved in this and everything uh and so she I think she finally thinks that she has the answer to her problem so after every everything falls out the way it does at the at the the black site um, you know, uh, Kilgrave actually gets shot. And so he's like, take me to a doctor, somebody you trust. And of course he, she, Hogarth takes her to, takes him to Wendy. Mm-hmm. And I love the conversation when Kilgrave and Wendy were just talking with each other, when he, he's just like, you know, I didn't realize what a bitch she, you know, talking about Jessica, what a bitch she was. And just like, you know, all, you know, like how hurt she, he was by Jessica for, you know, all these things that, that, that she's done in the way she's acting because, you know, he's, he's kind of like a, almost like a, a bit of arrested development going on with Kilgrave where he's kind of definitely, yeah, you know, still this child at, at he heart. really, really is. Yeah. yeah. And, and then Wendy, just, yeah. And then Wendy's going on about, yeah, it's like a, you know, death by a thousand cuts, right? You're just waiting for that final slash. And, you know, she's kind of, uh, you know, sympathizing with him because she's kind of going through the same thing where this betrayal and, you know, this person being right you know, the way she is. And, and you know, you you juxtapose that with the fact that Kilgrave asks people things and they have to tell them the truth. And so, you know, the questions he you know, the things he says sometimes where he doesn't really intend to get an answer from and then gets an answer from. It's just it was just a really cool right. interaction uh, between the three of them while she's patching them up. 
Yeah. Um, and of course, one of the things he, you know, he, he tells, uh, Wendy is, is to basically kill Hogarth by, you know, slashing her a thousand times. And so she literally takes this knife and starts, you know, cutting her a little at a time. Yeah. Um, and then of course, Pam, so this is the part, if I have any criticism with the, with this, with the show, this is coming up where I kind of don't really jive with what the writers were doing. Uh, so, you know, Pam comes in, she whacks Wendy over the head with this, uh, some, some sort of, you know, statue thing that was there. And of course, Wendy hits her head on this edge of this coffee table. Brutal. Brutal. Um, and basically it just like impales her head and kills her pretty much instantly. Yeah. Um, And then Pam gets arrested and she's facing charges for Wendy's murder. And I'm like, with all the stuff that people have kind of gotten off and come to defense, and especially at the end when we see where, um, when Jessica does what she does and then Hogarth is able to get her off the way she does, this felt like a a true uh, case of self-defense. I mean, Oh, definitely. And it was like she... But yet she was being held, and it was like yeah, like Jerry's covered in like knife wounds yeah. from this other person. Yeah, she hits her, and anybody coming in and seeing that would be like, "That's a crazy freak accident." Like, sure, clearly she didn't plan to impale her head on a coffee table. You right. know, like right, yeah. So that was a bit of a, and I don't even know. Do we have a reason why Pam was even there? Because it's Wendy's house, right? Yeah, it is when, yeah. Why, how, why did Pam even show up? Uh, I'm trying to think. She's at her, her current lover's ex-wife's house. I just. Yeah. I I didn't, I didn't get that to, to begin with. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just, it was just weird. Like, you know, it seemed a little, a little forced. and, And then the way Pam turned on her, like there were a couple instances earlier on where i kind of got the feeling like she was you know when they show up at the restaurant and wendy's leaving and wendy's like oh yeah this was our restaurant and pam kind of looked at her like okay that's you know a little weird and kind of wendy started sowing the seeds a little bit that maybe uh you know hogarth is a little you know she's she's kind of narcissistic and doesn't definitely yeah out for herself and doesn't really care about the relationship as a whole she just wants to do what feels good at the moment kind of thing totally but then when Pam gets arrested and all that, all that happens, it seems like she turns on her like on a dime. Like it just seemed right. There wasn't really anything else leading up to that. Yeah. I mean, she's like, well, you, you went to her. Like, why did you go to her? And it's like, okay, well, she is a doctor. Yeah, and exactly. And it's like a, a huge history together. It's just like, well, and this I dude has know, a gunshot just... wound. So it's like, you obviously if, Right. It it just it just seems. And Pam, as the secretary, knows about this whole case. She knows she knows about Kilgrave. It's starting to come together. It's just like, yeah. It just the whole thing felt too like convenient. Yeah. Just to have like a brutal death and like have her turn against Jerry and just sort of a basically eliminate like clear the board. Yeah. I mean, you know, and we we uh, was this the same episode that. Uh, Simpson kills. Um, God, what is his Clemens? name? Clemens. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I just remember this episode being like, mm-hmm. Jesus, they really just wanted to clear the board. Yeah, because I think there's like three brutal. It's like Wendy, Clemens, and and the mom. The mom happened in the episode before. Okay, but isn't there another one? I swear there was like 
I remember an episode having like three character deaths. Um, Maybe it's just two of them. But yeah, still, it's just the we, two because the next episode is Hope, where where they kind of okay, go to the. Okay. But yeah, there we yeah. go. I mean, we've got three episodes in a row where it's just like just brutal character death after brutal character death. Yeah. This one had two of them, and it's it really just felt like they were just clearing the board of excess characters. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like, yeah, and and you know, Pam in a way they're sort of getting they're not killing her, but they're getting rid of her. So it's just like, yeah, they're just eliminating all but the essential cast at this point. Yeah, it it just seemed a little like I said, it just seemed a little forced. Like I I I, I thought the turn was unnatural to me. Like it yeah. just seemed like like if they maybe if they would have started it earlier and. You know, but even after the like the thing with the restaurant, you know, where that kind of started putting it in her head, there's that scene that they have in Hogarth's office when she's trying to negotiate with Wendy and then Pam comes in and basically seduces her. So I'm like, right. OK, well, if she's really that upset about it, like obviously it's not bothering her in that moment. Right, um, right. So it's just kind of this weird, like I said, it, it, that's the only thing in the show that really just just kind of put me off. And given it's a 13 episode season and that's only the one item that I really had any kind of, you know, bothersome thing that really hit me is it says a lot for the show. I mean, you know, sure, there's, yeah. there's not a lot to pick at, but that, you know, being critical, that that is one thing that I would pick at. Um, you know, one of the cool things, too, uh, that Luke getting shot in the head gives us is in the finale, we get Claire Temple to come in. Yeah. Uh, so and, we get some Rosario Dawson. Yeah, and I'll say to me that uh, maybe if I'm going to pick apart a thing, I, of course, l- love Rosario Dawson and, and her character and was really glad that she showed up. But I I did feel like putting her in the finale was a little weird. Almost like stunt casting kind of. Yeah, it yeah. just it, we knew she was coming. And in a way, I sort of forgot about it just because we hadn't seen her. But it's like there's so much going on that it's that bringing in a character like that. It's like. A completely new character and dominates like most of the episode just seemed like a weird thing to do in the finale like we're dealing with a lot of stuff in the finale and it, it, it was just a little strange because we've already you don't expect a new character to be introduced in the last episode of you know of you know in the finale like that so yeah yeah um and especially if they if she just popped in that would have been one thing but she's in the entire episode i mean she's one of the main characters throughout the whole episode like, I think she got more screen time in that episode than she did in any single Daredevil episode, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so, but, you know, that being said, I was, of course, glad she was there and glad she was back. I just thought that, that episode of, I don't know how it's able to done it, though, because, of course, it follows, like, what happened to Luke and everything. But I, I don't know. Maybe if it had just been the episode right before and they had just extended it out or something. I don't know. But it, it just felt a little odd. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I. Can't disagree with you there. Um, I did think the hospital scene was kind of cool. Like, you know, where Jessica's trying to to get out and Kilgrave turns the whole hospital against her. Yeah. yeah. And it's like kind of this crazy, almost like a zombie type did, episode, yeah. you know, where Definitely. she's having an escape and like all these random people are just suddenly trying to kill her. Yeah. It was um, very like Resident Evil-y. Yeah. 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 I, I, I really thought that was that was really well done. Um and then the we we kind of gloss over a little bit too, but the but the bit with them in when when Jessica tracks them down, you know, Robin, who um, is the the kind of the crazy lady that lives in the apartment building, who her brother was killed by Kilgrave. She finally finds you know Malcolm finally tells her what happened. She finds out by accident. She's oh she's 
listening in on to their group session at the restaurant and and Malcolm kind of alludes to the fact that, you know, he's responsible and he was there and mm-hmm. and she kind of gets in and Robin kind of rallies the the group members, the um, you know, the victims against Jessica and basically it's like, you know, she knows something she's not telling us and so they all kind of go to get her and then, you know, they realize they show up and Kilgrave is as at her place and, you know, Robin ends up taking the tape off his mouth, which, you know, then causes chaos mm-hmm. uh, to ensue. And then we get that. It was kind of cool where he, he cool in a bad way, but, um, you know, he has him at that bar, that restaurant that's closed down and they're all, you know, hanging, Ooh, uh, yeah. you know, from the, from the bar. And then, um, you know, Kilgrave kind of makes him choose. It's like, look, you can't, you know, something's got to happen. And, um, at that moment, Hope realizes, okay, I'll kill myself because the, you know, this yeah. is going to, this is going to go on and on and on, uh, until something is, is done. Like, like Jessica will never kill him, which he needs to die as long as I'm alive because she needs right. proof. It, it really was like the one thing holding her back. Yeah. Is, is like, I've got to, I've got to prove Hope's innocence. Yeah. And yeah, it was pretty, um, I mean, that was an intense, <laughs> it was an intense series of events yeah. in that, in that yeah. restaurant. Yeah. And so she, of course, breaks the glass bottle, stabs herself in the neck, and then Kilgrave realizes everything's going south. So he tells them all to just take one step forward, which they all start hanging themselves. So Jessica's got to act. And it's like, okay, do I let these four people die or, you know, do I try and save hope? Like, what do I do? Um, even though she's probably beyond hope because she opened up her jugular and yeah, you know, it's probably done dealing. But, um, you know, it gets crazy. And then, you know, she has to convince them, look, we have to basically lie to the police. Um, you know, you, you can't tell them really what happened. And so, uh, we get kind of the, those interviews after the fact that were that were, you know, where each person is kind of telling their you know side of the story and they all seem to jive. Um, yeah. And I loved how she chose to like, again, her quick thinking and, you know, how do I get four people to stop hanging? Yeah, and she just yeah. like jumps up and like yep. tears down like the pipe they're hanging from. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, then we get to that point, and then it that that's it. Like all gloves are, you know, the gloves are off. Yeah, she, now she knows that there's only nothing one stopping way. her. Yeah, yeah. Which then leads her to, you know, her and Luke to kind of track track them down and. Right. Yeah, and then we're sort of caught back up to yeah. to them fighting and. Yeah. Her killing him, you know, killing, yeah. shooting him, and Rosario Dawson shows up, and she's yeah. got experience with uh, weird, weird things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isn't phased at all by the fact that needles won't go into this guy's skin. Yeah. Which, which I thought was interesting because it's like, okay, she, you know, on one hand she's dealt with Daredevil, but she's, as far as we know, she's never seen like superpowers before. So yeah, she she definitely seemed pretty unfazed by that considering all she's experienced is just like a you know a vigilante guy yeah that has kind of like enhanced senses sure um, sure i guess that's enough but i yeah. guess you know she also lives in new york so we have to assume that she's oh know, yeah witnessed everything with the avengers and the chitari and sure you know who knows what else that kind of leads us to the big showdown and she you know she she tries to track down Kilgrave. um she finds his father uh, who's had his arms hacked off? Ugh, uh, yeah, it's brutal. All that and the the two people living in that place. Yeah, like yeah. stuck the arm in the disposal, right? Yeah, and, ugh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, it's like ugh. 
Jesus, this guy is messed. I mean, again, that's he's not just like get out of here or go right. to sleep or it's it's not even and again, it's not even just like kill yourself. It's which would almost be more sane somehow. It's like no, it's like brutally like he gets specific, you know. I mean, he's like a serial killer. It's just like do this really disgusting messed up thing to yourself and honestly i don't even care if you die it's just right i just want you to like maim yourself in mm-hmm. this really explicit you know he's like a saw it's like a saw movie or something yeah he yeah. saw too many of those or yeah. i don't know yeah but she's able to deduce because there's a boat there that you know that maybe is is where he went to take off and to get away and um so she she goes to the marina and then of course the cops are there and they start shooting her and um you know she has to kind of get past that she uh, goes out to the boardwalk and I like you know he just tells everybody okay everybody start killing killing each other and you know there's like a mob of like I don't know 20 25 people over there and they all just start um you know killing her and and Trish shows up and so they kind of figured out you know the whole verbal thing um so right. she shows up with the headphones um, to, to block it out, to block all the, the, the noise out. And of course, in the stumble, the headphones fall off and, um, she gets in. So the cool thing is now that Jessica knows that he's been working on boosting his powers, she kind of uses that as, okay, I can use that to make him think that he's regained control over me because, right. you know, under normal circumstances, he wouldn't believe, he knows that, you know, her power doesn't his power doesn't affect her. Well, right. Because he's kind of had this boost. She, she convinces him that he still has control over her. Right. And he wants to believe that too. Yeah. Yeah. So he did, he, he says he's going to take Trish and he makes Trish do all this stuff and she just stands still. And it was just really the back and forth and the way Kristen Ritter played it off because she, you know, whenever it's almost like whenever Kilgrave asks you something or to do something, you almost become like a zombie. Like you become, lifeless and emotionless and so her responses you know she totally knew how to play that up and yeah and answer his questions in a way that you know people typically do when Kilgrave tells them to do stuff yeah yeah I mean it was a it was a really tense standoff moment and you know ultimately it's like he's a sociopath and he you know wants to believe you know that he has control over her and she uses that to her advantage. And yeah, I mean, he he keeps not believing it, not believing it. He's gonna, and once he finally realizes that she's gonna let him go off with Trish, he's like, "Oh, you're not faking it." And then it's like his world opens up because now he knows that he can take her with him, and he'll have the person he loves um, back. And because he's convinced that if he just gives it time, that she yeah. will love him and she Jesus, will stay with yeah. him. I know. <laughs> It's yeah, it's just I mean, so messed up on yeah. so many levels. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, and it would be maybe it's more messed up because it's sort of a real thing that happens, you know, like sure. not with in a super powered way, but Stockholm syndrome and Yeah, I you mean, know. Like, abusive relationships. Sure, and, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. just the show really uh just did so well with that and and he may have a bit of superpowers, but still he's um it's all kind of very real what he's what he's doing and what he believes yeah. and that makes it all the more like you know scary yeah so ultimately she uses that to get and it was cool cuz he says tell me you love me and then she looks to, she looks straight at Trish and says i love you yeah and then she grabs up Kilgrave and just snaps his neck god yeah um, 
And I mean, you know, I'm going to miss David Tennant's presence. Uh, he did an amazing job. But at the same point, I just think there's no other way for that to end. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, he 100%. was just we can't we can't see season after season of him like running around and and I really don't want to see the season where he you know we've talked about this but you know where he becomes a good guy all of a sudden and yeah and everybody forgets yeah. about all the terrible stuff he's done. It's just like I nothing drives me nuts more than those sort of turns. Um, so it was just like you know it it just had to be done and you know it'll make his performance even more powerful because. There's never a point where he'll overstay his welcome. Right, right. So, but uh, it's going to be hard to top that him as a villain for season two. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do in that department. (laughs) And it's funny because, I mean, it's not just us that have talked about it, but I've heard other people talk about it that Kilgrave is probably like, if not number one, then probably number two villain in all of the Marvel Cinematic Mm -hmm. Universe. I mean, you know, it's it's like Loki and (laughs) I agree. And uh, yeah. Kilgrave, you know that. Um, yeah, in terms of performance, uh, it's just like uh, I mean, he did an, an incredible job, and and Loki's maybe only redeemed somewhat by the fact that he's a little more. I, I mean, I almost want to say he's a little more like agreeable, but at the same time, I mean, Loki has been responsible for you know more pain and damage and death. Oh, sure, than Kilgrave, yeah. which you know we sort of he's he maybe leans a little bit on that case of he can conveniently be a good guy whenever you want him to. And everybody right. forgets about all the horrible things he's done. But right. um, whereas, you know, with Kilgrave, it's a little more personal. So it, you really feel it more. Um, but, you know, everything that happened in New York, you could, you know, was the fault of Loki. So yeah, yeah, that's a lot of death and destruction. And, uh, yeah. and that's just that one incident. I mean, he's done that plenty of other times and, but uh, but yeah, I mean, in terms of like the performance, and in terms of you like almost wanting to root for the bad guy, you know, like or or like not root for him, but feel like feel sympathy for them or something. I mean, they they've both done an amazing job, and I I would definitely put them both up there. Um, and you know, it, again, we're gonna. It's I I have no idea how they're gonna. I don't think they'll be able to top it. You know, I mean, no, it's, no. it's like Heath Ledger being Joker. Like, how do you you'll never that if that franchise had gone on for a million more movies, they're, you know, never going to top that, you know, yeah. but that's just that that is what it is. Yep. But yeah, I guess that's uh that's all it's all we've got about Jessica Jones right now. Yeah, it was kind of cool at the end, though, when she goes back, you know, to her place and Malcolm is kind of right. become her like assistant kind of, I'm guessing I, I think he's going to yeah, be kind more, of pushing her to continue yeah. in what she's doing. Yeah. And he, even like, so she starts listening to her voicemails and it's like people like begging for her help. It's like, my husband is this, my son is lost. My, you know um, you know, this horrible thing is happening and you know, they're desperate for her help because of what, you know, they, you know, word of mouth is starting to get around and she just puts the phone down because she just, you know, she doesn't see herself as a hero. I mean, yeah, Kilgrave even asks her, you know, do you see yourself as a hero? And because she had to answer him truthfully, she said no, um, not because of his power, but because, you know, she had to pull it off. Right. And, and so Malcolm answers the phone. He says, alias investigations. How may we help you? So I thought it was really cool that now that Malcolm is past his. You know, Kilgrave having this power over him. He's become a really, really great character. I really, oh, yeah. I mean, I think Darville's just knocked it out of the park God, you know, again. 
definitely one of the all-stars of, of yeah, this season. Yeah. I mean, and the one that I didn't expect. I mean, I didn't yeah. know him at all. Yeah. I thought it was a tiny, going to be a tiny role. He just did such an amazing job. And yeah. very happy that he wasn't one of the people that they brutally murdered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny, in the comic, he's like a completely annoying... Like, he's like a teenager that lives... You know, he's always trying to... Uh, he wants to go work for her, so he's like super right. annoying and um, like answers her phone and like does stuff. So it's like um, a little reference to that. Yeah, yeah. Even like yeah. having him do that, but... and being that he's kind of like a, a, you know, training to be a psychologist or going to school to be a psychologist. He, I think he can kind of provide something that complements what she's trying to do and talking Definitely. to to people. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I very much. I mean, and clearly that's like where they're gonna. You know, that's where the show's going to go. Yeah. She's yeah. sort of now like New York's premier superhero uh, private eye. Yeah. Uh, which is a really cool thing and obviously opens up tons of story possibilities. Yeah. Uh, what, for, what are... you know, the rest of the show. I mean, it really yeah. like lays out. It's interesting because it's a show that like the first season had a very specific arc and it could have it could have just ended there, you know. Um, and then it's almost like it had to reinvent itself right at the last minute so that it could keep going each season yeah. and not be defined by Kilgrave. Now it's going to be about her investigating stuff and you could spin that out, you know, infinitely. Yeah. One, one of the things we kind of glossed over that I'll touch on real quick, cause it kind of came up in the ending is, um, Trish and, and Simpson and Jessica kind of get into this altercation about, oh, yeah. you know, what's going on. They have this brutal fight in her apartment and, Trish in order, some of the pills. yeah, she pops a red pill to kind of get the edge, and Simpson freaks out because he knows, okay, if she doesn't take any any whites or any blues, she's you know it's going to fry her brain. Mm-hmm. Um, but she takes it anyway, and so they kind of get the upper hand on on Simpson. Um, and we get to see her put her training to use, which is yeah, awesome. Yeah, um, um, but of, of course she crashes. They end up taking her to the hospital. Um, and her mom comes to see her because, you know, obviously it's been heavily hinted that Trish has had issues with substance abuse and, mm-hmm. um, you know, things like that. Her her mother is very abusive herself. And, uh, right. And, you know, we see she more was a child time. star. You know, yeah. That pretty much yeah. always happens. So, yeah. And and we see, you know, where Jessica had to step in at one point, even though she was trying to hide her abilities and, you know, confront her mother and, you know, kind of get her to lay off because she was physically abusing Trish, mm-hmm. not just mentally, but physically. Um, so she's trying to make amends. So she kind of sees her in the hospital and kind of as a peace offering, gives her a file from IGH, which is the company that, um, produces the drugs that Simpson was taking and that the doctor's affiliated with, but also the same company behind, uh, Jessica's accident, the the crash, Mm -hmm. um, that, that they had. So, yeah. So another big, uh, obviously plot thread for, I mean, Simpson's still out there, right? Um, there's some connection to, you know, Trish's mom maybe, and then, you know, tying, uh, you know, Simpson's abilities and Jessica's abilities and who knows how many other people's abilities. I mean, it's the MCU, it's all connected. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who, who knows what all they're responsible for, but, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, that's definitely going to be explored next season, which I'm excited by too. I mean, you, you get the case of the week sort of thing, but then you also have this big, and it's still a case, which is fun, you know, so even the big right. overarching thing is like something they're going to investigate. So definitely a lot of, you know, detective work to come. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. So it kind of ends with, you know, 
her mom kind of is a further effort of good faith sends her a box full of files like not just a single file but just like a ton of stuff and um, so it's kind of like trish's mission now to kind of get to the bottom of what might be going on and to kind of help explain you know what happened to jessica what happened to simpson you know see how she could tie it all together so Mm -hmm. so yeah so i mean overall very you know very good i mean i i like I said at the beginning, I, I like Daredevil more, but this is a very close second. I mean, these are, this is this was a much better show than I thought it was going to be. I think Kristen Ritter did a job, way better job than I initially gave her credit for. I mean, when I first heard for she sure. was cast, I wasn't super high on her being Jessica, but right. uh, she totally proved me wrong. I mean, I, I fully admit that I was way wrong in, in doubting uh, in doubting her ability to, to pull that off and um, – just her demeanor and the way she can kind of have that kind of sassy slash bitchy kind of attitude. I think um, she pulled off that character really well. And I'm, I'm, I was happy to hear it got, uh, you know, greenlit for a second season. So, so quickly, uh, even though we don't know exactly when that's going to be. And uh, yeah, but which I mean, again, I think it's just a matter of, we don't know when a lot of this Netflix stuff is happening, but it's just nice to know like it's going to happen and it's really just a matter of them like ironing out these details. And and again, I would not be surprised if they, they know when it's happening. They're just not announcing it yet because you know, they've got to announce iron fist and defenders. And I mean, they haven't even announced when Luke Cage is coming out, which is kind of ridiculous considering, you it's know, it's got to be in the can. Exactly. And like, yeah. it's happening this year. It's happening in a few months. It's, it's really weird how the Netflix stuff works that like, if this were a TV show or a movie or something, we would have known about it. Like, we would have had a release date. You know, Marvel's told us the release dates for their movies, you know, five years in advance. Yeah, before yet, there's a movie to announce. <laughs> yeah, and yet they can't even, they've got a show wrapped and they can't even tell us, you know, and we can pretty much guarantee it's coming out in June or July and they can't even, like, give us a date. Yeah. Until, I mean, who knows when they'll even drop that. So, and, you know, they usually don't even drop their trailers to, like, a month out. So, yeah. I think part of it is these these things have become unexpected hits. Like I don't think even Netflix was prepared for as big of a hit Daredevil came. I know, no, not at all. You, I, you I know, think I think they thought, was. okay, they had something good, and when it internally kind of outperformed everything else that had come before it, even things like House of Cards and Orange Is the New Black and some of these other shows, I think they were kind of blown away. And then it kind of like, okay, we had this plan to do f- five shows over this amount of time, this many episodes. And now it's like, wait a minute, this show is like blowing everything away. We need to rethink that. And yeah, I you know, think I, I, I think the, maybe they're afraid to announce too much too early because, uh, you know, these things pop up and become hits. And it's like you want to strike while the iron's hot kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. I, I think they're just, you know, it's I think they had the plan to make one version of each show, you know, a season of each show. And of course, in the back of their minds, they're like, we'll do you know, new ones, but because it's the same company, it's the same production group, it's the same, you know, network, we can call it. It's just like, they're sort of like in a weird territory where normally you would have one show, then you would announce the next season. And then maybe eventually you would do a spinoff or a second show or whatever. They were, they did it the opposite way. They're like, we've got five shows coming up. Yeah. yeah. And, and so now the task is like, as each one is successful, they're like, okay, well, we're definitely doing another season. We just got to find a time to squeeze it in because there's the same producers and the same network. And like, there's only, there's only so many, it's all in New York. You know, there's only so many things that can even film in New York Yeah, yeah. and Marvel's taking up a a premium on those. So, I mean, it's like, there's, there's just tons and tons of behind the scenes scheduling. They've, they've got to figure out. So, um, 
yeah, I, I'm sure it's just a matter of ironing out the logistics. But my my guess would be we won't see it until next year. But I yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I just really think it's going to be Luke Cage and Iron Fist this year, and next year will be another season of Daredevil, Defenders, and another season of Jessica Jones. Yeah. And, you know, maybe like three three a year for now, and obviously at some point that'll have to change if they keep all being successful, but I think they've got to settle into that. Like Daredevil, they've got a rhythm. Now they've got to find a rhythm with Jessica Jones and, and each show after that. Yeah, and then you throw things in the mix like Punisher, you throw Shang-Chi, you throw... Yeah. You know, who knows who's going to pop up in some of these other shows. You know, oh, yeah, definitely. you just never know what's going to click. And and like you said, there's kind of limited resources to be able to do some of this stuff. So it's like, yeah. okay, at some point do they have to, even though you want to keep the authenticity of filming in New York and that's been a big deal, do you have to flip some of these shows to L.A. or Vancouver or Right, and Iron Atlanta? Fist gives you an opportunity to film somewhere else a lot. Right. right. Whether it's, uh, you know uh, – you know, indoors, like in a, in a studio or, you know, on location somewhere to get, you know, Kun Lun. Um, right. So that, that might actually be a good thing in a sense, because that one doesn't have to all take place in New York. Right, right, right. And, you know, even like Luke Cage, it's like, oh, you know, we can film up in Harlem. Like, thank God, there's only so much stuff we can do in Midtown, you know? <laughs> like, right, right. So, yeah, I mean, I think if we were to see these other shows, I don't see any reason why they couldn't happen in other i mean the whole point is they're defending neighborhoods and cities and stuff like right you could easily have one of those cities be anywhere else in the the u.s or or world i mean hell you know let's, let's get you know let's get uh some international you know defenders uh defending cities you know elsewhere so that opens up more opportunities yep yep well good we finally got to the end of of that just in time yeah. so <laughs> Next week or this coming week, as you hear this, because we should be back on track for this week, uh, we'll be hitting the season three part two premiere for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Uh, and it'll just be a single episode. So we'll have some news. We'll have some 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 S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff to cover. I've got a little bit of feedback um, and you know tweets and things like that that have come at me over the last couple of weeks. This show went really, really long. Uh, so I think I'm going to save that for next time. Uh, yeah, we probably won't have too much news because we'll be we'll have even shorter for a period of time yeah, in between like, for the next one. So, yeah. So unless something big comes out in the next five days, uh, we will probably hit it the following week. So do you have yeah. any, anything else you want to cover, Matthew? Did I forget anything? No, no, I think, I, I think we got it all. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, thanks for hanging in with us for this extra sized episode. Uh, definitely check out mcuexchange.com, uh, for regular updates, uh, and breaking news and scoops, uh, that, that they have going on there. And again, on Fridays, they do the MCU exchange show. Doug and, and company are doing that. So definitely check that out, uh, which you could hit that at mcuexchange.com as well, which will point you to the, to the website there. Follow us again, Facebook, facebook.com slash MCU podcast. And on Twitter at at MCU underscore podcast, uh, I will be live tweeting the premiere. So um, for those of you that follow along on the Twitters, I will be I will be in this week and and uh, and doing so. So thanks, everybody, uh, for listening. And uh, you've been listening to It's All Connected.